and so I start watching this thing and, and the, and I'm looking for, you know, satanic rituals. I'm looking for Illuminati signs and right off the bat, there's triangles everywhere. There's black and white checkers, black. there's triangles everywhere. Triangles, triangles, which is part of the, you know, it activates the MK ultra programming. How are you, baby? How old are you? This is like uh, three more days till Halloween, silver shamrock. I'm telling you something's bad. I don't like it at all. <laughs> you got to wiki that scheme. Yeah, come on, man. Punk asses. Now bigger than ever. That means he was the back door. This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> this show is behind the shem shemmers. Yes, it seems. I'll give you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. You maniacs! What is a man? You blew it up! Damn you! A miserable little pile of secrets! Damn you all to hell! What is BTS? When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance of this. Your patience is wearing thin. Constitution is nothing but a license for oil companies and foreign interests to destroy my beloved Wadia. Wadia will remain a dictatorship. <laughs> Woo! Or be quiet. Why are you guys so anti-dictators? Imagine if America was a dictatorship. You could let 1% of the people have all the nation's wealth. You could help your rich friends get richer by cutting their taxes and bailing them out when they gamble and lose. You could ignore the needs of the poor for healthcare and education. Your media would appear free but would secretly be controlled by one person and his family. You could wiretap phones. You could torture foreign prisoners. You could have rigged elections. You could lie about why you go to war. You could fill your prisons with one particular racial group and no one would complain. You could use the media to scare the people into supporting policies that are against their interests. I know this is hard for you Americans to imagine, but please try. I will tell you what democracy is. Democracy is the worst. Endless talking and listening to every stupid opinion and everybody's vote counts, no matter how crippled or black or female they are. Democracy! Democracy has hairy armpits. It could lose five pounds. 
Democracy looks like a midget in a chemo wig. Democracy, your mother called the other day and I forgot to give you the message. It was something very important about your grandmother. Democracy kisses you because she wants to, not because her father is in the next room chained to a radiator with electrodes attached to his nibbles. Democracy is flawed. She is not perfect. But democracy... I love you. And that is why I call for real democracy, a real constitution, and real elections in Wadiya. With 49% of the people in favor of democracy, this is episode 115 of Behind the Schemes for Labor Day, September 5th, 2022. And the other 51% wanting to keep me around, this is Booberry, Mothman in the Miniocalypse. Hell yeah, and from the bereft coast all the way, where uh, democracy is a warm gun. My name is Lavish. I like that. Democracy is a warm gun. Something, <laughs> something we'll hold and <laughs> gently woo in bed. You know, it'll uh, it'll take care of you. You take care of it. You know, democracy is is quite a quite a friend. Quite a friend to have, indeed. Hmm. Especially if your friends are rich. I mean. Where's my cash register sound? Yeah. People don't know that original democracy, you know, from ancient Greece. That, that was basically what it was then, too. You know? No doubt. These uh, haven't changed that much. <laughs> well, how can they change <laughs> when we base uh, damn near everything that we did on the Romans and the Greeks, man? Yeah, you're very right on that one. Uh, how you doing? How was your weekend? You got anything fun to report? Uh, a oh, couple of gigs and uh, getting ready for this drive and wrapping things up here in the home front. Uh, other than that, you know, business as usual. Uh, it's been really hot. It's like 103 right now. And it's, it's fun. It's interesting. Jesus. <laughs> and there, you know, there's. I don't know. It's been quiet. It's been strange. I think everybody's out of town. Burning Man's happening right now, mm. and there are just certain things that happen. And then the first year, when all the beginning of the school year, where all the kids go back to school, you know, it's there's like a weird stillness around this time. Yeah, I suppose that is coming up here pretty soon, if not mm, this week. <laughs> this week, yeah, I'm taking off on uh, on Sunday night. This this coming Sunday, so. Yeah, you'll be uh, making a you'll you'll be doing the the I forget the name of the tour. <laughs> yeah, you you had labeled it something very witty, uh, but uh, yeah, you're going to be driving out. <laughs> it should be a big. It, the The whole route looks like a big noose. So the noose is loose tour 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, which is what you want it to be. I, I hate drives where you have to cover the exact same ground on the way back. Uh, at least big ones, and with this one, I got no problem. Uh, yeah, yeah, should be cool. So you and then Ringo. It says, uh, I, he says it's one of three. Where it's one of three here in the Bay Area. If you could believe that. Yeah, great. You can hang out with Sir Spencer, Lorian, have a bowl bowls with buds. 
That'll be fun. In the bowl. (laughs) And they're going to, I think we're going to do something at a jazz club and yeah, stuff's stuff's going on. Maybe, uh, maybe you can find out a little more about this. I have some, but it's my secret stash. Of lavish ISOs. (laughs) (laughs) You get to hear them in person. (laughs) Uh, I caught that. I had to check my files. I was like, what? What have I been giving people? Another satisfied customer. (laughs) (laughs) And it away like candy, Boo Bearing. Yeah, I know, dude. Put your goddamn clothes on. And then, uh, yeah, that uh, then that Saturday, you're going to come on up to the Miniocalypse, and uh, as it stands now, we're going to be doing Crypticon 2022 Plymouth, Minnesota. That's right. We're going down to, oh gosh, I just did the meetup too. Uh, God damn it. No agenda meetup. It's at, what is that place called? It's like a plaza center. Yeah, plaza Crown center. Plaza. Crown Plaza, that's what it is. In Minneapolis. We're going to hit, yeah. If not the Saturday, then the Sunday. For sure the Sunday. Um, For sure the Sunday. Yeah, because then I think uh, we could do a, do a, like a post-convention meetup at a bar or something. Uh, yeah. I was kind of seeing what was in the area. It didn't look like a ton, other than your typical B-dubs or uh, whatnot. Uh, now I do know that there is a, uh, meadery and cider joint in Northeast, which is going to be about mm, 15 to 20 minutes of a drive from there, but it is outdoor. So they have a patio. As long as the rain holds out, that could be a good spot. We get our meat on get some cider going. Yeah, that works for me. You know, if it's uh, if it ends up being super packed i mean it kind of opens up into a parking lot and they got big big garage doors and whatnot so mm-hmm. well if we had actual meat i guess that would really make it no agenda wouldn't it yes it would it would seal it all in mm-hmm. and we could send in a meetup report that we'd be very proud of <laughs> yes it's good the meat for speed i have a mead for <laughs> speed yeah. I haven't actually checked the uh celebrity list for Crypticon to see if there's anybody updated on the list. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see any list on the site. Oh shit, Ken Forey, he's the dude that's uh when, when there's no more um no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. That dude from Dawn of the Dead, he's going to be there. Mm. Uh one of the actresses from Return of the Living Dead. Oh shit. We got the thing. Damn. Tits. <laughs> it's tits. tits, man. <laughs> yeah. We boots on the How ground very much I loved you. Oh, oh, very much. Oh. That Jim Jones. He loved everyone back then, didn't he? Mm-hmm. That's what that's perks of being a cult leader. It's one of the many perks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, I think Oh, and the wrestler, Eric Redbeard I believe he's an AEW guy <clears throat> Well, that'll be cool I think this will be a grand time Take a camera, take a recorder Have ourselves a good old boots on the ground Yep, hit some weird conference It's been way too long 
been way too long. You know, have uh, twenty dollar beers. That'd be cool. <laughs> that's what we. That's when we get those uh, those flasks that you can hide in a tie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or something. Or like a sunscreen bottle. Mm. It's filled with liquor, but it's you know it's it's designed to look like a sunscreen bottle. A uh, Camelback. Ah, those are. Yeah, if we can find one. Now I'm looking at this events page and it says there's an entertainment stage, contests, live music, magic, comedy, sideshows, and more. And it says C schedule here, but there's nothing to click. And then Dracula After Dark, a hammer horror pajama party. Again, there's an image, but there's nothing to click. This hmm. sounds incredibly titillating. Why would you not let me click on this? <laughs> Seems uh, pretty freaky. Hmm. A film festival of some manner? Possibly, I'm not sure. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, they are. They're doing... Oh, they're doing uh, an award ceremony. An award! Best Indie Director, Best Sci-Fi Short, and Local Made Feature. All awarded on Sunday. And then a bunch of shit awarded on Saturday. Mm. Saturday. Nice. Celebrities. Nice. All, all that's there. Cool. Very neat. I'm looking forward to this. I think yeah. this will be a good time. Mm-hmm. And all the booths are uh, and tables are sold out. Wow. Yeah, I was looking at uh, the tickets, all the VIP shit. Yeah, it's locked out. Hmm. Well, yep. I, I suppose uh, we can we can check this out uh, more at a later time. It'll be fun. We should get tickets for sure here. Um, do you want to do a tarot card? Yes, certainly. It was drawn uh, for us this evening. Oh, the uh, <laughs> the ten of swords. Yes. Uh okay. I can I can switch it out. Oh, I thought that was what was in the notes. It was the king of swords reversed. Uh, it was the king of swords reversed. Yeah. All right, well, we'll go with that. I was I was going with what I saw uh, in the notes. Sorry. That was uh that was a. <laughs> There's a picture of the Ten of Swords. It's got Peter Griffin in the card that was uh, sent in by Servo right before we started. And it just, it looks so gosh darn good. I had to put it up at the top. Uh, but the King of Swords reversed from tarox.net. Uh, some general keywords about the King of Swords you have confidence, power, truth, insight, integrity, actions, ideas, strength, honor, harshness, judgment. And disassociative identity disorder. <laughs> mm. In that order. Pleasant. Now, the King of Swords reversed often represents a strong and opinionated man in your life. He is particularly not ready or comfortable with the new ways of doing things, so it will be difficult to get him to become open to any kind of change. In general, the reverse King of Swords is a sign of a very powerful energy source, whether the card represents a man in real life or not. You'll need to accept that you can't always change anyone's mind, so sometimes the best you can hope for is compromise. And using violence to force or become a bully to change their mind won't change anything. In fact, it can have side effects. Someone bring me a goddamn red light. <laughs> I got a brick wall that needs illumination. 
Demolition Man. <laughs> uh, Radical use of manipulative habits. Loose cannon. Angry outbursts and impulses. Mm. Ah. Temperamental almost. Yes. Hmm. Like choppy seas. Yeah. Out of your control. Losing control. The king's all about control, right? So when the when the throne is overthrown, then uh, it all goes to hell. The uh, let's see. There's there the card carries the air elements on both the external and internal. Interesting. Uh, so it's not surprising that the King of Swords line strider corresponds to the zodiac sign Aquarius. People represented by this card are outgoing and easy to get along with, but inside they are pretty contemplative and often live in favor of reason. Hmm, a little bit of a pleasant note there. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, this, uh, the actual card, it's got a very icy feel to it. A very glacial um, sort of framing around the king. Everything's very pointed. He looks very stoic and stern. Yeah. But, there, uh, but there's an elegance in the crystalline nature of his getup. Mm-hmm. A war king, a military king, which is a different kind of king. A very regimented and structured one, uh, as opposed to the cups or whatever. It was just like, oh, we're, it's about the people. It's about feelings. This guy's <laughs> like, no. Let it flow. It's about getting up at five and, you know. <laughs> It kind of looks yeah. like the swords plunged into the beheaded king, almost. I'm looking at a couple of different versions. In the in the Lion Strider one specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting that it's not directly pointed up at the sky. I don't know. I don't get it. I need to consult the Book of Knowledge on this one. In a chaotic situation, he solves problems and clears things up. He's eloquent and has a sharp mind. He's always honest and expected to handle any situation fairly and admirably. What a guy. Uh, We got this one for for Larry when he was on. Oh, okay. Nice. Good memory. If I... I, I'm like 90% sure. Mm. 90% sure on that one. But uh, you got anything else for for this card? Yeah, well, you got it. If you want to check it out, it's posted up at the top of our show notes, which are found over at zososcorner.substack.com, Z-O-S-O-S-corner.substack.com. Fresh with a new paint job. You ended up going in and changing the color theme, trying to shake it up a little bit. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're doing some different shit, seeing what it is. Although I find when I'm looking at images that the, the color almost, the background color is almost the same. Kind of tricks you. It's like a. It's like an illusion. The as far as which oh the um like the show notes. I mean the um the, the background uh, color like the in the show notes. Yeah, like the black versus the purple. Sorry, I, I meant on the uh, for the actual show art is disappearing in or the pictures in general. I guess for the for the Substack for the whole Substack article. Uh, but your your show art's awesome too. 
the Bill, you're talking about the Bill Gates one, right? No, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you mean when you say that the images are disappearing into the black background. I'm trying to figure out. I didn't out if say you, that. I said that the 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 black background of the Substack sometimes I mistake it for purple when I'm looking at when I'm just looking at it. It's it's cool. It's a cool effect. I don't know if I'm explaining it. Right. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But it's it's just a, it's a I don't know some eye trick that I that I'm dealing with here with the and I like it. It's a good thing. I yeah, see. Anyway, you can sign up uh, if you would so choose to. Uh, these show notes get delivered out at the top of every episode when we go live on monday nights at 7 30 pacific 9 30 central 10 30 eastern over at badradio.live and on the no agenda stream and in a podcasting 2.0 app mm-hmm. if you want to get in on the action for a podcasting 2.0 app you can go, go <clears throat> excuse me you can go over to nude podcast apps.com uh they'll allow you to check out the chapters that we generate for each each episode, the transcripts, the uh, it'll it'll show you the the chapter art and all of its GIF glory, and uh, you can also send boostergrams, which are micro payments of satoshis that are sent in real time on the Lightning Network. It's a total Patreon and PayPal killer, and um, we already had some boostergrams come in for tonight. Excellent. Uh, last was, uh, 3333 from Bully Steed from Fountain. She said, BTS swinging for the fences. <laughs> In quotations. Via Fountain. Thanks, yeah. Bully Steed. I think we're back up on the Fountain leaderboard. We had disappeared huh. for a little bit. Fountain's been so weird lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just seem to like, I don't know, I keep having issues with it. So I think I need to maybe try something else. Maybe a podverse. Podserve, whichever the one is. Uh, pod, Curiocaster. Podverse Curiocaster, yeah. Yeah. Fucking yeah. cross the line twice, right? Uh, 1476 from Pfeiffer. That was the Jim Jones boost that we heard earlier. If you want to check out uh, all of the Gamatria boosts, we can go over to liveislit.com. We got all the numbers posted up on that substack. And we actually have two new ones for tonight. Uh, if you want to mm-hmm. play some GameCube, you could boost in eleven eighteen, and then uh, the PlayStation. If you want to, PlayStation is uh, nineteen ninety five, which is uh, the year that the PlayStation One came out in the United States. Ninety four would be in Japan, um, but you know we're Americans, so ninety five. <laughs> ninety five, it is. 95 yeah. it is. And then 1118 was what again, Sir It was the date and month uh, and date. It, it's the month and day that the GameCube was released in the United States. Yeah, because it was, yeah, 2001. Cool. So that's 1118 for GameCube and 1995 for PlayStation. Very correct. There you go. Uh, but we had 1476 from Pfeiffer through Fountain. No note. Thank you very much, Pfeiffer. Uh, 3333 from a new face, G of the Midwest, saying it's a boost. My first time, smiley face, excuse me, winky face. Mmm. It's my first time. <laughs> Fire! Glad to bo- uh, pop that boost, Cherry. G of the Midwest. Nice. 
add a person G. <laughs> Adam, you almost <laughs> you almost did the thing. I did, but I stopped myself most for most of the part. Pronoun violation. Uh. uh then we had thirty three thirty three from Bully Steve through Fountain saying, "Love the music intermission episode one fourteen. So good." Oh, thank you, Bully Steve. That was the one that you had done up for last week. Yes, grazie, appreciate. And then this week, you you did the intermission. This is true. <laughs> it's uh, there's a definite theme going on. <laughs> ah, can you tell what the theme is? Eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. Oh. <laughs> Forty-two hundred sats from Rizo, uh, Rizo me Ryan. He was the dude that we were helping out on the Fetty get uh, integrated into a podcast in 2.0 app so he could send boosts. And he says, <laughs> this is pretty funny. Hey guys, when's the Magic Mountain movie night? I've got two kids and a wife and need to put that shit in my calendar. Oh, Holy no. Mountain, you say? Hordorowski's finest film, you say? Sounds hidden and fun. Let's do it. Oh no. <laughs> Not the kids. You don't want the kids to see that. Or do you? I, you know, I, it's dealer's choice, I think. Eh, well, you know, none of my business, but <laughs> it was quite the, quite the film, quite the motion picture. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, we ended up having a movie night two Mondays ago, uh, and we watched Hordorowski's The Holy Mountain. Mm-hmm. Had a audio live stream kind of working, there was some weird audio issues going on but uh yeah still it was uh it was successful as they say yeah it was a roaring success and and yeah it was a good time we got a couple people on at the end there we got nam on there we got uh ducky uh was hanging out and chatting with us and that was like in real life and then we had a bunch of people in the, ch- in the actual chat of course hanging out it was fun yeah can't wait to do it again. Yeah, and we will. We'll do it again soon. Some Thursday, probably soon. Uh, but as far as Ryan's question, should you bring them? People like what they like. <laughs> Car Blaine's. I got to uh, give a shout out to The Hog Story, which is the show that is on uh, before our show every Monday night. Starts at around 5 o'clock Pacific. And. It's starring Sir John Fletcher and Carolyn Blaney. And uh, they do a wonderful show. And they just want to, you know, let them know, hey. Nice. Nice. The next boost that we had come in was also another new but not unfamiliar face. It was 333 from Billy Bones. Billy Bones. And he said scream boost in that leet speak. SCR34MB0057. Ah, the code. It's actually kind of a cool title. <laughs> Scream Boost. Ah. Uh, next up was 5,000 sats through CurioCaster from Tom Starkweather. No, no. Thank you very much, Tom. Both of those uh, previous dudes were uh, guests on this show. Indeed they were. Indeed they were. Then we had, uh, let me count the sixes. There's five of them. Six, 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 six. 
from Pitar through Fountain. Pitar. Pitar. Oh my goodness. The big baller himself. Dirty. Five sixes. Yes. Wow. He says, he says, he says, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my. Oh, Pitar. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you very he's much. He's got that. He's got 77 karma in the chat. I got to get that out there a little bit here. <laughs> those are rookie numbers. You got to get those numbers up. You got to pump those numbers up. <laughs> oh, Pitar. Gracias. Oh, and I just got 1111 in the chat. Thanks to Ringo. Ringo. Let's see. What was the next one? Uh, we had 11,400 uh, 11, from Seabrooklyn 112, uh, who also has been deemed Carolyn Blaney by Adam Curry. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice, Adam. <laughs> no, that's not how There's this a works. C and a B in there, but no. Seabrook. <laughs> awesome. Uh, he said tits, tits. And then I, uh, I think uh, ba 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 ba, a thousand sats from C Dub, three oh six from Servo, three oh six, three oh six, three oh six, three oh six. I think that catches us up. Those are all from uh, Boo CLI, the both of them. Uh. Tits. Oh, God. Oh, why did you do... Oh. I forgot to clean it up last week. Oh, God. Look at this. Oh, I think I'm going to be... I'm going to be got, sick. We got bleach in the cupboard. Mm. Oh, somebody give me a you nurse. You filthy fucking... <laughs> Dirty. Dirty. You're so dirty. Ugh. Give me my dirty button. Where's my... Ooh, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to get you like one of those... Um, oh, you know, the, the comic ping pong bunker rooms. <laughs> you know, the metal black boxes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a name for those those types of type of rooms that you can just walk in and hose down. Yeah, you just hose the shit out of them. Yeah, hose the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> the secret to commercial cleaning is the hose. I was good at it. Oh uh, yes. Well, that's uh, that's all of our booster grams for now. Uh, we got that eleven eighteen and the nineteen ninety five. If you want to get in on that action, go over to nudepodcastapps.com or... Oh, did we explain that boost, by the way? Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, the very first blacklight boost? The blacklight boost, yeah. We should let people know that's that you get that, if you trigger that, you, if you send in a boost of 36,500 sets, 365. Which Pizar did for the uh, live tag through Karyocaster. Yes, indeed. Episode 115. He's flicking yeah. our switch already. Yeah, this is a live show. It's you know, it's interactive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where in the hell? I I might have done myself a a, a misdeed almost this time. Oh, uh, there's a, a somewhere around 140 new ISOs for today. 
140 new ISOs that you've done since last week. Since yesterday? Since yesterday. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Nothing, nothing to be, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, man, you know what that tells me? That everybody was on fire this week. And that meant that there was a lot of clippable material. Tits. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, not every week is a rain. Oh, oh God. Oh, Can you believe it? <laughs> that scared me. Abel Kirby really wanted to boost the gimp. <laughs> Dealer's choice and the flip. Butching. I don't have yes. A, I don't have the magic Here money sound. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's that's a four eights eighty-eight eighty-eight sets. For this for the low price, you get to shock the gimp. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear the, the black light going and then the gimps going at the same time and there's goat blood flying everywhere. There's still so much goat blood. <laughs> Sir Spencer, wow, I shitted my thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's lying. He's not wearing any pants. Mm. Hello, nurse. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, well, in regards of uh, Pitar, I found, I found what I was looking for. Have you ever seen that, where they spray you down with this stuff and then you become iridescent? <laughs> Glow in the dark, baby. Uh, <laughs> NudePodcastApps.com. That'll let you in here. No, we're not puppets. Got no sponsors attached to us with strings or anything. Oh, dirty. BDS? Oh, my God. I love them. If you don't scream, you, you don't dream, okay? Get out of here. I like this. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore. And, uh, end of story. Rolling out the MK Ultra song. That was great. Another satisfied customer. Oh, dang him, motherfucker. I didn't even know you did that. Easiest way to support this show is to call 612-263-7999 and leave yourself a voicemail. That's right. We got a screen mail line, and uh, we don't screen calls. You know, we hear from you. So is the Gimp. Gimp wants to hear you from me real bad at 612-263-7999. Uh, Abel Kirby's all about that dealer's choice in the flip. <laughs> we had two coming through. Uh, Tits. With the same uh, same message. Yep, he's he's double flipping. Double flipping. Double flipping. Uh, a voicemail, shall we? Yes, let's. Oh, we do have a message. I want to read this message before I forget. Texter says, "Heart emoji, BTS boys. How do you make space sounds with your mouth? It's not a joke. I just don't know how to do it." Space sounds? With yeah. Your mouth? Well, I imagine it would sound a little crackly like electricity. I think. Isn't space like dead silent? I think space is filled with rivers of electricity. So it's probably got a hum to it. Oh, that's the sound of space. Oh. 
the ohm. Oh, oh god. It's a it's a never ending <laughs> low hum that's just been around for billions of years and it never stops and it never will. It's the universe grunting as it gets out of bed. It never the universe never gets out of bed. That's a very uh <laughs> that's probably one of the most nihilist things I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> it'll be the title for the for the next uh, novel. You know, the behind the schemes novel. Hmm. Yes, a novel, a choose your own physical novel. Yes, a choose your own adventure, uh, nonfiction. <laughs> yeah, lots of pictures, <laughs> lots of pictures, lots and lots of pictures, and uh, yeah. C dubs. Are you the science one? I didn't think so. Okay, buddy. <laughs> You know, they got a building full of uh, science people, dude. You don't even have to think about it. You don't even have to think about it, dude. Um, but I do have to think about this first voicemail. Monday, Monday, Monday. And if you live in the continental uh, United States and wherever else, it's a Labor Day. Uh, anyway, so, you know, I had the day off, so I went running in the morning because it was supposed to be like, I don't know, it's projected to be like a decade above, like, 100 degree or something. So, you know. Anyway. Uh, so I guess the scream for today is just kind of, whoa, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, even though it was like, you know, I don't know, like almost 80 degrees at like 4.30 in the morning or something like that, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you're like, oh man, this is much better than a decade above 100-ish or something, so, yeah, pretty stoked about that, but, uh, definitely gonna need some sleep later, but, uh. In honor of uh, outdoor venue and stuff like that, get to uh, do a little bit of, we're going to do a run-through for Latin Rig for uh, community theater that I'm involved in. We're going to do that today because today was the only day available. So going to do that in a couple minutes and uh, hopefully be done nice. before it gets hot. But uh, yeah, yeah, kind of kind of exciting, kind of grueling as far as we've got to set up every night, but uh that the show goes on, but you know, as they say, the show must go on, or else you all die. But uh, cute ghost dream here. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it's only like you know eight thirty something. I might have something else to talk to you about later, but for now, we'll just call 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 it here. So, all right, Lavash, blueberry moth yes. fan of the water in the garden before it gets too hot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, love you guys. Stay dangerous. Stay cool. But stay dangerous. Tits. I'm not staying cool under this black ah! Yes. Ah! God, that thing's fucking toasty. Yeah. It's. Ugh. I can already feel the burn coming. Ugh. Ugh. Well, good luck uh, in your run, color. That sounds hot as a mofo. Yeah, and good luck doing loading and all that stuff, man. Well, I'm sp- I guess not good luck. You probably have already done it by now. But nice nice work then, caller. Yes. If I had to rate it, five star everything. Perfect. Everything. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we only have one other call, so I think we're going to have to sit on it for a while. All right. 612-263-7999. The time is right now for you to call. 
Yeah. How's your Labor Day going? Did you labor? Did you not labor? <laughs> Are you about to labor? <laughs> Are you about to labor? Sounds like there's some people laboring out there. Do you want to seize the means of production? You want to tap this commie ass? Only communists <laughs> do that shit, man. These leftists. Our ass. <laughs> These frog folk and these god folk, they do, they do, these, they do stuff. Punk asses. Punk asses is what they are. That's right. Or, as a wise man once said, How did America get so stupid? Marxist shitbags. Fucking Larry. <laughs> god, help us. <laughs> Uh, what are you feeling for a dice roll tonight? You want to do a classic D20 highest goes first? Very well. Let's do it. Uh, where is it? Crushed it. Me too. Mmm. I got a four. I spanked you somehow (laughs) with a five. Let me guess, a five. (laughs) Sweet. That's how rolls should be. It's like we were having a mud fight, and somehow I was able to just barely roll on top of you. Oh my god. You blinded me with mud. Pocket mud. Pocket mud. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I suppose that means I'm going to go first up in this mofo. And uh, before we go any further, I had the perfect ISO, and it just happens to be so incredibly synchronistic that Pitar was sitting there flipping this black black light switch on and off. Have you ever seen that, where they spray you down with this stuff and then you become iridescent? I have a question for you, Lavish. What do you think about shady organizations spraying things on people? I love it. You love it? I think that, yeah, it's, it's what... They're just repairing the ozone. We've put pockets in the ozone by driving these cars, and, you know, they just want to put it back. Well, Fox News has to say otherwise. It's almost like a religion of thought. Shadows on the clouds. Look to the heavens, lines in the sky that captivate conspiracy theorists. Chemtrails, followers convinced something evil and secret is going on. See, and look at, look at, look at, look at that pattern. They believe the government or some shadow organization deliberately sprays chemicals to control our minds or to alter the weather. Okay, I can hear you now. Why are we wasting time on this? Social media has become fertilizer for this conspiracy. Recent surveys indicate one in five Americans believe in this theory. Now, science is just starting to confront it. So, what are the facts? Let's verify with our experts. Mm, And mind you... These are not government agents. They are scientists that they're going to be interviewing in this video. And uh, experts, I know, I know, experts. 
experts. These geniuses that hang out in academia their whole lives. Well, funny enough, they are both from academia. One is a, he was a aerospace tech guy out of Metro State University of Denver. And he seemed kind of cool. You know, he didn't like, uh, he wasn't sitting there dunking on people left and right. But then they had this other guy from Stanford who, uh, we're gonna we're gonna sit we're gonna sit on that for just a second. I want to uh, I want to ask you here, lavish. Um, mm-hmm. Do you trust the government? Um, no. Hmm. Well, this uh, guy, one of the laymen, the average Joe that they interview in this, so the one that was talking about the lines in the skies. He also doesn't trust the government, and he happens to have over 400 videos of, uh, of evidence, 400, excuse me, 400, 400 different <laughs> videos about chemtrails. Can you blame, uh, can you blame that guy for not trusting the government? Mm, 400 tapes, are they, are they VHS tapes? I think it's just online videos. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I would, yes. The answer is yes. Can you blame the guy? After all, our government doesn't really have the greatest track record when it comes to telling the truth. Agent Orange, the Tuskegee syphilis study, the human plutonium injection experiments. I can go on and on. That's the government. But what about science? Way back, it's a tight fit. <laughs> yeah, they, they're climbing into the front of a plane cockpit to conduct this interview with the guy from the Metro State University. <laughs> um, the, the the plutonium injection is pretty interesting, but I want to let's just hold on to that concept of yeah, you know, there's been plenty of times that the government has done shady things and they didn't bother telling people for years until after the fact, but it's okay because what we're talking about now is science. Um, <laughs> this next clip, I just, it highlights how, just how low science and scientists really think of you. And mind you that this is coming, what you're about to hear is spoken through a blue Yeti microphone, which is featured in a picture in the show notes at the top of this section. And if you note the position of the blue Yeti, you can actually see the label of the blue Yeti microphone on the front, which means he's talking into the back of the microphone. Oh, nice. (laughs) Like a true genius. And this is what he has to say. So what we see up there is not the government intentionally putting chemicals into the sky for geoengineering. No. I don't know why people, they have a scientific or technical question, and instead of going to the scientists, they'll find some crazy website and believe what the crazy website says. (laughs) He really did sound like that thing was turned away. I'm just saying, man. There was no, there was no doubt in my mind. And uh, you know, it's why, why did, you, why, why couldn't you just ask a scientist about this? <laughs> you should have asked, uh, you know, some sort of electronics engineer. Oh, what, what way does the microphone face? Truly, <laughs> hire a couple of architect architects to come in and examine it. Come up with a study that differs Make from a the big uh, model. Yeah, 
I heard you like models, son. There's one thing I know about scientists is that they love models. <laughs> uh, so the reason that I've highlighted this video and have clipped it is not because we're discussing chemtrails today. We've, we've been there. We've done it. It's old news at this point. What we are going to discuss is actually an article that came across my desk while in the midst of a... I don't, I don't know if calling it the trenches would be inappropriate, but it was in a Magus thread, and this article came by. And the uh, title of the article is U.S. Secretly Tested Carcinogen in Western Canada During the Cold War, Researcher Finds. Dun-dun-dun. bum bum During the Cold War, that is correct, ladies and gentlemen. We, the United States and its army were spraying a foreign nation with zinc cadmium sulfide. Uh, between July 9th, 1953 and August 1st, 1953, the U.S. Army sprayed 6 kilograms of zinc uh, cadmium sulfide onto the citizens of Winnipeg. Both the people and the local government was unaware of the, nature's, uh, the nature of the tests. The Pentagon lied to Winnipeg and claimed that they were testing a, quote, chemical fog. Keep that one in mind. Brutal. That, uh, that they could use to, and, and this is the lie, they were testing a fog that could hide a city in case of Russian attack. They could hide it from surveillance and whatnot, right? Hide it from oh, bombers. I see. Okay. But in reality, ZCS was a fluorescent tracer that could track how radioactive fallout travels on wind currents, the population at the time was approximately 300,000 people. ZCS is a colorless, odorless, and uh, is, it's not visible to the naked eye. The small nature of the particles led to concerns that they could become deeply lodged in people's lungs. And uh, going further in the article, there were suggestions of continuing the experiments by introducing phosphorus, I don't know why I just left, uh, phosphorus-32, a radioactive material, and VX, a nerve agent, which was used recently to assassinate Kim Jong-nam, the brother of North Korea's Kim Jong-un. The goal was to make a radioactive nerve agent. In Nashville, radioactive material was injected into pregnant women to see if they could pass the materials on to the babies. Children were fed radioactive uh, oatmeal as part of a science club, and they were gifted with Mickey Mouse watches and baseball tickets for playing along. Oh, what a fair trade. Fair trade, indeed. I don't think it could get any fairer, honestly. I mean, come on. You get a little bit of fluorescent, you know, chemical material in your cereal, and you get baseball cards. I think that's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. You know how much baseball cards are worth now? Uh, lots of money. Yeah. Lots if you made of- it, you know. <laughs> You find that you find that one ultra mega rare card. Ah! Oh yeah, this is it. <laughs> the nineteen thirteen Mickey Mouse Mantle Disney baseball card. Finally. Finally. It's you mine. can trade it it's for mine. Trade it for three Zapdos, holographic Zapdos cards. Based. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm okay with this. It's all part of the plan. All part of the plan. Uh, So a little more about zinc, cadmium, sulfide. It's a mixture of zinc, sulfide, and cadmium, sulfide. It's used for its fluorescent properties, 
bioaccumulation of this chemical may occur along the food chain, for example, in plants and in seafood. Long-term or repeated exposures are expected to have harmful effects on the kidneys, bones, and respiratory tract, resulting in kidney impairment, osteoporosis, and a chronic inflammation of the respiratory tract. Now, in 1997, a U.S. government study done by the U.S. National Research Council stated, and this was founded by Clinton at the time, they stated in part, quote, After an exhaustive, independent review requested by Congress, we have found no evidence that exposure to zinc, cadmium, sulfide at these levels could cause people to become sick. It said that the material was dispersed at very low levels and people were exposed to higher levels in typical urban environments. Uh, They're going to blame, like, rubber from tires, you know, the general road grit and dirt. Uh, They said you would get more cadmium from smoking cigarettes, right? So you're going to, you're, there's other things to worry about than what we're spraying on you. Okay. (laughs) Classic. Classic, uh, divert your divert thy attention. Yeah, this is a this is a left-handed tactic, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there was a dude in um, who responded. Uh, Leonard A. Cole, I'm not sure who that was, uh, said that testing uh, said that by testing zinc, cadmium, sulfide, the army was literally using the country as an experimental laboratory. Now, uh, this operation was uh, known as a whole as. Operation Lack or Large Area Coverage, which is already got <laughs> dropping in the chat. Oh, uh, irc.zeronode.net if you want to get in on the chat room, or you can go to the green room, which is over at badradio.live. That button That's is right. there for your pleasuring. Yes, yes. So if you go to our website, there should be an easy link. You get into the IRC chat room, which, uh, if, you, if you aren't aware, is, is the best way to do chat rooms. Oh, but damn, mother. One of them, yeah, anyway. I didn't even know you did that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you'll do it. <laughs> uh, so, Operation Large Area Coverage. Yep. So there they was, meant it. There was a, uh, a toxicology r- assessment. Toxicologic. Toxicologic report. Toxicologic assessment. Mm-hmm. Of the Army Zinc, Cadmium, Sulfide Dispersion Test answers the commonly asked questions. Here's a fun fast fact. As part of the test, the Army released particles of Zinc, Cadmium, Sulfide from airplanes, rooftops, and moving vehicles in 33 <laughs> locations. Mostly cities uh, and towns in the United States and Canada. Excellent, 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 excellent. And they were also quoted in this uh, document. Although more is known about some related chemicals, it is not well known how the compound zinc, cadmium, sulfide could affect people's health. There's little information on the tox- uh, toxicity uh, in experimental animals. We do not know that animals uh, that we do know, excuse me, we do know that animals that were fed massive amounts of zinc, cadmium, sulfide one time did not show any ill health effects. Uh, we also know that it does not irritate rabbit's skin or eyes. Hmm. Now we're not gonna we're not gonna go down. It was so difficult to avoid this, so incredibly difficult to avoid this. But in this testimony, in 1994 or 95, there is the PlayStation came out. Very true. 
What could it mean? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everything's coming full circle. We're not going to... Uh, oh, Spencer wants a little one time for the motherfucking one time? One time for the one time! <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um... I, I found a testimony uh, by, there was a ton of people, but there's one particular spot. Uh, and this woman alleges that she was used in MK Delta and MK Ultra experiments where they would uh, uh, punish her by injecting her with radiation. They were, tr- mm. uh, she, she confessed that they were trying to turn her into a spy, that they were training her in anti, um, interrogation techniques and mm-hmm. this is all done when she was a child it's crazy and there's video yes. there's motherfucking video you got the transcript oh, here you gotta yeah. have the video the video is so important um i just you know it's like 15 minutes of just this one part and it's so there's a lot to chew on that she uh, alleges allegedly Legend has it in Minecraft. In Minecraft, yes. <laughs> in Minecraft. <laughs> um, but yes, Operation Large Area Coverage. We got videos. Uh, we got some helicopter dispersion. We got some plane dispersion. That's all coming in. Um, but uh, there, was, there was a bunch of cities. Like we just discussed, 33 different cities that they tested this shit out. Hmm. And uh, one of the we we've got a couple that we're going to highlight here, but we're gonna we're actually going to start off in the uh, great city of St. Louis, Louis, Missouri. Lisa Martino Taylor's life work has been to uncover details of the Army's ultra secret military experiments carried out in St. Louis and other cities during the 1950s and 60s. This study was secretive for a reason. Um, they didn't have um, volunteers stepping up and saying, "Yeah, I'll breathe." zinc cadmium sulfide with radioactive particles. These Army archive pictures show how the tests were done in Corpus Christi, Texas in the 1960s. In Texas, planes were used to drop the chemical, but in St. Louis, the Army placed chemical sprayers on buildings and station wagons. City officials were kept in the dark about the tests. The Cold War cover story was that the Army was testing smoke screens to protect cities from a Russian attack. The truth, according to Martino Taylor, was much more sinister. It's pretty shocking. Um, the level of duplicity and secrecy. Um, um, clearly, they went to great lengths to deceive people. By making hundreds of Freedom of Information Act requests, she uncovered once classified documents that confirmed the spraying of zinc cadmium sulfide. The greatest concentration of this compound was sprayed near the Pruitt-Igoe housing complex just south of downtown St. Louis. It was home to 10,000 low-income people, and an estimated 70% were under the age of 12. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty racist on top. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sitting here just pumping this shit out, man. Whatever. It's fine. It's safe and effective. Bro. I feel like they get the sense that they can do it because because there's other factors contributing to health issues in those areas. And so they can just spray even more shit on and be like, oh, that's just, you know, <laughs> they're just getting sick from the factory down the street. Yeah. Don't look over here. Look over there. <laughs> yeah, it's the food, you know. God. It's not, it has nothing to do with what's literally spraying shit on you. And not telling any people, it's 
it amuses me to no end that the smokescreen was indeed a smokescreen. Indeed. How meta. A meta screen. Meta screen. Man. How gnarly. Uh, this next <laughs> one, uh, I, have a, I have a fun break off uh, fast fact clip about uh, this next material that we're going to learn about. The Army always insisted the chemical compound was safe. Martino Taylor believes documents prove otherwise. There's a lot of evidence that indicates that people in St. Louis, in the city, particularly in minority communities, were um, subjected to military tests that was connected to a larger radiological weapons development and testing project. For the first time, she links the St. Louis testing to a company called U.S. Radium, a company notorious for lawsuits involving radioactive contamination of its workers. United States Radium um, had this reputation where they had been legally liable, found legally liable uh, decades prior, for um, producing a radioactive powdered paint that killed many young women who painted fluorescent watch dials. While the Army admits it added a fluorescent substance to the zinc-cadmium compound, details of whether it was radioactive remain secret. Documents uncovered to date indicate the Army never conducted follow-up studies to see whether the compound caused long-term health issues. In 1972, after years of crime, poverty, and decline, the government destroyed the Pruitt-Igo housing complex. You got to, man. You got to destroy that shit. You blow that up. You can't let that stand. Fire. <laughs> Fire. 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 Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and this fiber says, spray the shit on the pores and see if they turn into super soldiers. <laughs> we'll see. We'll give it a shot. God willing. What is this? Oh, this is runoff from the Rockefeller factories, and they say it might turn them into super soldiers? Oh, okay. So, so have you ever heard of Radium Girls? Are you familiar with us? Radium Girls? Yeah. I No, but I want to be. Oh. I want to know the Radium Girls. Dude, so Radium Girls were girls that were employed by, uh, there was a, a couple, uh, they just talked about the, the one, the United... Bro. I got chills. Been a while. It's like a warm blanket, almost. You Isn't that PlayStation? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Never mind. I'm I'm getting my shit mixed up. Well, Pizza, I just boosted eleven eighteen and Kits. warmed us all up, saying, "You want to play some GameCube?" <laughs> and that's the uh, that's the want to play some PlayStation. Yeah, that was PlayStation. Yeah, the, the original PS one. Uh takes me back. That felt like- good. That was that was awesome. It had good uh, grounding. Mm, yes. It was basic. Yes. Oh, but I did I did fuck up. Hmm. I'll have to go back in and adjust that. Yeah, because PlayStation's ninety five, right? Son of a bitch. Oh, that's all right. It felt good anyway. Yeah. Well. That was Pizza boosting one 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 eight. So right now, for a short time. The PlayStation Boost will be on discount. Uh, you can get it at one 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 eight, you know. And then the GameCube, it'll 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 slip in there eventually. 
Oh my goodness. The cube slips in there. I'll get it during the next clip. Um Yeah, you have a very short amount of time, so you better hurry. So yeah, I can get I am getting pretty good at fixing this shit on the fly. Uh I know. So radium girls hurry, were employed quick, before by, he fixes it. by these companies <laughs> that uh they were supposed to paint radium, which was something that would it would glow super bright when combined with some different shit. And uh it would it would glow like unnaturally. And it was a huge hip craze, you know, people were putting in all sorts of paints and like the seating numbers for theaters and uh, some people were putting it on their in makeup and creams and whatnot. And there was a, uh, these group of girls that were painting the radium onto watch hands and to get the bristles fine enough to get that minute detail that they needed they would dip the brush or they would take the brush and put it in their mouth and twist it on their lips and then paint some more radium on and and this shit is is incredibly actually here let's play this uh this will this you can hear how radioactive radium is in uh in this clip what i have here is a geiger counter and every click means that it's detecting radiation the clicks now aren't very scary though, because it's normal for there to be a small amount of background radiation. What isn't normal is this little box. Whatever's in here is extremely radioactive, and it's worse than when I tested nearly pure uranium. But anyway, now to open it up. Inside, it doesn't actually look very scary, and it's just some small pieces of metal in an old plastic container. Now to open this container and see what it is. And it's just a bunch of old watch dials. At first, it might seem a bit weird that these would be so radioactive, but these aren't just any old watch dials. They've all been covered with a paint containing radium, which is an extremely radioactive element. What's interesting is that if I blast them with UV light, they fluoresce green, but this has nothing to do with radiation. It's actually just from something called a phosphor, and this one's made from zinc sulfide. This is the same zinc sulfide that's commonly used to make glow toys, but when it's mixed with radium, it's able to glow on its own for years without ever having to charge it up. These were all made in the early or mid-1900s before they cared about how dangerous it was. Unfortunately though, over all this time, a lot of the zinc sulfide has degraded, and they're not able to glow on their own anymore. However, they're still extremely radioactive, and they have to be handled really carefully. So, the company that was producing all this radium is alleged by the lady in the last clip to have made all the zinc cadmium sulfide, which they were mixing zinc sulfide in with their paint to make it glow brighter, so it kind of makes you wonder, like... Hmm. You know, is there a chance that maybe these people are getting sprayed with micro doses of radium? Who knows? And if anybody's in need of a Geiger counter, eleven fourteen for that one. Um, so now, and I'm telling you, man, paint is just consistently always filled with bad shit. Honestly, I want to find the clip to do it justice because there's no way that I could recollect to you just how incredibly damaging radium straight in your mouth is over an extended time. It is not 
a good ending. <laughs> I would imagine. I would imagine it's miserable. It's yeah. It's something. It's something out of the movies. Like, uh, terrifying. Uh, so we'll move on. We should. We should move on. Uh, we should. We should check out another part of the country where these tests were being conducted. Hmm. Where to go? There's so many different places. How about something a little? How about something a little more homey? San Francisco is not the only city targeted for a simulated biological oh, attack. Well be a Declassified documents show that two years later, a similar test on a much larger scale takes place in Minneapolis. We both uh, get hit. Oh, nice. Both of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in one go, both of our towns. Nice. Uh, so we'll we'll actually we'll circle back round to uh, San Francisco because your event was the very first one on American soil. So mm-hmm. you got that to be proud of. Um, now this was all going down in the summer of 1952 in Minneapolis. Was the summer of '52? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh. <laughs> It's, uh, this is, you know, it's kind of, this kind of just helps reaffirm what we've been hearing that, um, you know, the U.S. Army has this all under control. Uh, this is all for your protection. This is all very safe and effective. Okay, son? This is all medical advice. This is all medical advice. And, um, he actually learned something kind of fun that, uh, this particular mixture of ZCS was made special for these experiments. In the summer of 1952, the Army turns this safe and secure environment into a testing ground, simulating an attack with bacteriological weapons. During a three-month period, from 8 in the morning until midnight, hundreds of military personnel spray clouds of zinc-cadmium sulfide over Minneapolis. Zinc-cadmium sulfide is a material that's totally synthetic, it was created specifically for the purpose of doing these types of experiments because it was completely different from anything else that was in the air. The airborne powder is sprayed from trucks in the streets and from canisters on rooftops in both commercial and residential areas. The Army then monitors how far it travels and where it lands. No one is exempt from exposure to the zinc-cadmium sulfide particles and the Clinton Elementary School, no longer in existence, but similar to this school, is one of the targets the Army subjects to massive spraying day after day. It was, let's see Even the Clinton School committed suicide. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, I thought I had how many... Hmm, bummer. Maybe I forgot to find that. I thought I had how many uh, days specifically uh, that they sprayed. Uh, well, oh, here it is. It was sprayed 61 times in four different parts of the city. <laughs> uh, ooh. <laughs> um, Rough. Yep. So, clip... Uh, let's see. Clip three. Oh, this one's crazy. You want to talk about uh, an, an experience that you can have as a wee one. Growing up in the fine city of the Minneapolis, and you're going to school, and they want to wave a white a, 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 a light wand on you. In 1977, KTCA, a public television station in Minneapolis, breaks the story about the Army test, focusing attention on alleged high rate of health problems at the Clinton School. 
my first reaction was disbelief. I thought, no, never. This is, this is not true. <laughs> I was in denial for uh, many, many months. And during that denial time, I was, I was really determined. I'm going to find out everything about this. She is not alone. Public hearings soon follow. Many come to hear testimonies, to listen to the experts. Total disclosure and nothing but... Diane's own memories start coming back. I vividly remember being lined up, going into the music room. There was an older gentleman sitting in a chair with a light wand in his hand, and he was passing this over our bodies on the outside of our clothing. I started contacting my old school pals. I started keeping a list of illnesses. The bottom came for me when I found out that four of my pals that lived directly across the street from me on Clinton Avenue had all died of cancer. These are four separate families in no way related health-wise. They died within a year of each other back in the early 80s when these um, people would have been in their 40s. And I thought, well, this doesn't quite seem like a coincidence to me. Mm, I mm. Mm, I don't think it is necessarily a coincidence. But uh, call me crazy. Yeah, well, you can chalk it up to coincidence so easily. Can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Can you believe it? Oh, not that one. How are you, baby? How old are you? <laughs> oh, Joe. <laughs> Oh, no, dude, Joe. dude, <laughs> God, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, what a, and I wonder, like, what that's like to, re to have that memory come back of going to school and, like, you're, you're trying to learn all this information about possible exposure to this, uh, questionable, questionably toxic material, and then you remember, oh, yeah, there was that one day, <laughs> there's, like, dudes in hazmat suits, <laughs> <laughs> mm. It happens once, and then you have to remember it for years and years to like, yeah, it did happen. Yeah. Well, it turns out that the uh, army ended up coming back for a follow-up appointment. During her research of declassified documents, Diane finds that army doctors came back to the Clinton School the following year, 1953. They found a high rate of asthma, respiratory problems, and some cases of pneumonia. A report of the Minnesota Health Department also found that in the same year, the rate of infant mortality in Minneapolis is unusually high. The causes listed are pneumonia and other respiratory problems. The toxicity of zinc-cadmium sulfide is virtually unknown today, just as it was in the 1950s. If it remained in its native zinc-cadmium sulfide state, it probably presents a low toxicity to people and to the environment. But we don't know to what extent the zinc cadmium sulfide might be acted upon by bacteria or other agents in the environment to break it down. And if it broke down, uh, there is a possibility that the breakdown products are much more toxic than the zinc cadmium sulfide itself. As of today, there is no conclusive evidence that the zinc-cadmium sulfide is responsible for the ailments reported by the Clinton School's graduates, and the Army still maintains that the chemical used for the simulated test is perfectly safe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> safe and effective. 
So they they also make the claim that not only is the chemical itself harmful, but it, it causes some. It's like a catalyst for some reaction that well, some they, bacterial reaction. That, they don't know uh, because it hasn't. There hasn't been any. Stu- there was the one time where they fed a shit ton of it to a bunch of rats, and nothing seemed to happen. But uh, yeah, there's no. Uh, in, in in reality, there's no there's no wondering how many different things that it could interact with. Um, interesting. This uh, this I don't know. This one it's a little redundant, but uh, it just it 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 feels good to hear it. Their conviction that this is a perfectly safe material is an oversimplification, because we do not have any information about the possible long-term health effects of this particular material. The National also, the, the viewpoints of the public who were exposed to this material uh, and the anxieties that, that have been expressed by the public have not been addressed at all effectively by uh, our government agencies. Mm. And there's definitely a trend of that. <laughs> Mm. You know, there's, uh, there's, there's been, there's definitively one fine example that we'll, uh, that we'll touch on later where the government took a long ass time to come around. <laughs> sure. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. They, they, yeah, there's, there's no real mystery that these things were harmful to you. I, I, I think, I think people knew you just didn't care. In a way, mm. unless you're really being affected by it directly. Uh, now where are we off to? Um, funny enough, it's not just the USA and Canada. Come to find out, uh, but this uh, these types of experiments were going on halfway across the world in Britain. First tonight, Spotlight can reveal the Dorset village, which has suffered a series of birth defects, was exposed to enormous quantities of chemicals in 1959. Families in East Lulworth are already demanding a public inquiry into germ warfare tests carried out in the 60s. Now documents show chemicals were dumped by aircraft over Dorset in quantities that were up to a thousand times greater than the rest of the country. Our environment correspondent Simon Hall has this exclusive report. The aim of the airborne tests was the same as those carried out from ships, to examine how vulnerable Britain was to a germ warfare attack. This, though, is the first time a chemical known to be toxic was used, zinc cadmium sulfide. Scientists say the cadmium is the most worrying component. It is carcinogenic, and studies have shown it can cause birth defects in rats. It's unclear if it could have the same effect in humans. Its health effects include damage uh, to the lungs, uh, kidneys, and uh, to the liver, and uh, also uh, cancer of the lungs and uh, prostate have been uh, found. That guy doesn't sound like he trusts the science. Mm-hmm. Sounds simple, right? <laughs> yeah. God. I know that sounds weird. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, there was a... In, in this specific case in dorset uh it was at the end of the line where they were dumping everything and they got an extra load if you if you could call it that uh actually the second clip the follow-up's only 50 seconds the test was carried out in august 1959 
A plane flew above the North Sea, then along the English Channel, spraying the chemical. Typical numbers of particles detected were 0, 1, 8, 12, and a maximum of 38. But when the plane reached the end of its track, something happened. That resulted in Dorchester sampling 4,315 particles. There was no sample point at East Lulworth, but it lies directly in the chemical's path. The experimental reports give no indication as to why such high levels were recorded at Dorchester. But scientists I've spoken to believe one of two things happened. Either something went wrong and a large amount of the chemical was released accidentally, or, being the end of the experiment, the remaining chemical was deliberately discarded. <laughs> Open up. Mm. Deliberately gonna, discarded. You are now my dumping ground. Cold, hot, wet, dry, whatever the weather, it's the wrong weather, and it's your fucking fault. <laughs> You're still going to pay taxes to me. Yeah, that's the... Yeah. <laughs> it all comes from the military. That's where our taxes go. <laughs> that's the fun thing. We get to pay for our own demise. And I was thinking, for when you are talking about America in 1953, that was during the Eisenhower administration. Eisenhower, being a general, being a military guy. The last time we had a... A, a really a military general. Uh, I'm sorry, a military president. Mm-hmm. They've all been civilians ever since. I mean, George Bush Sr. maybe could be considered, but he was he wasn't a career military guy. He was like a he, he went into intelligence. Yeah, he was a little spooky. He was a spookster. Spooky. He wasn't uh, out there duking it out in, in the. You know, in the trenches, man. I mean, he did in World War II, but... Mm. Well, as we always say in this production... We love the spooks! We love those guys. Oh, they're great. Make the world go round, man. I'm sure there'll be a couple spooks at this conference. Mm, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, let's see here. Moving forward... That's uh, that's all I got on England. I mean, it's it's more of the same. You gotta you gotta you gotta get protected against the Ruskies, man. The Reds are coming. So yeah. our answer is to attack you first. <laughs> yeah, if we weaken our own people, that'll help us defend ourselves from the other people. We I, give our own people osteoporosis and cancer and. Well, it'll, be, uh, it'll work out in the end. It's a, it's a solution. Now the okay. So the first time it didn't actually end up getting anybody uh, sick in that manner uh, because they were using a different type of bacteria. It wasn't the actual chemical this go around. Uh, so we were talking about Operation Large Area Coverage, but we're going to move back a little bit to the great city of San Francisco, and here we are with Operation Sea Spray. Now, this clip is long, but it's a treat because I have for everybody here a true-to-life military doc about Operation Sea Spray that was released at the time to sell everybody on the idea. Oh, like a propaganda film? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Nice. Are you ready? I like it. Oh, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're just gonna let this one ride out.
film will first show what the Navy is planning for the offensive employment of biological and chemical warfare. Biological and chemical warfare have two principal objectives. To reduce the enemy's production of food by destroying his crops and his food-producing farm animals. Remember prop, uh, and to crop incapacitate the enemy's armed forces and that portion of his human population that directly supports them. The Navy is preparing to accomplish these objectives with both biological and chemical agents. The Department of Defense has assigned primary responsibility to the Chemical Corps, U.S. Army, for basic research in biological and chemical agents and for their production in the quantities needed by the Joint Services. The Navy, therefore, is primarily concerned with delivery of these agents to the areas ordered for contamination. And the dispersion of the agents in such form and concentration as to accomplish the desired objectives. Where can the Navy attack? As long as the Navy commands the seas, it can deliver a biological or chemical attack anywhere on that three quarters of the Earth's surface that's covered by water. And its carrier-based aircraft can strike hundreds of miles inland from any coastline and attack a large portion of an enemy's population, shipping, and industrial centers. The Navy can deliver and disperse these agents in three ways. From the air, from the surface, and from below the surface. Navy delivery and dispersion of the agents started with tests made in 1950. A rather crude spraying system was installed on a mine layer, which in September of that year, secretly cruised off California and sprayed some 50 gallons of biological simulant along a track two to five miles offshore. Within an hour, the simulant had been carried ashore by the wind. Sampling tests indicated that about 48 square miles of heavily populated area were contaminated. Had an infectious agent been used in the spray, there might have been 210,000 casualties. <laughs> it could have been, man. Wom. The music is so good. Now that is a is um background music. Yes. They don't make them like that anymore. They certainly don't. Certainly. 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 That's a nice find. Thank you. Yeah, definitely got that one linked. Uh, you want to go check out those show notes, everybody, on Substack. Uh, I kind of tweaked the layout a little bit, so it's not all just gacked up with YouTube links. Looks a little crisper, a little more fine-tuned, tailor-made. Yeah, I think you and I both put a little love into this one. My articles have a nice little storyline of art going mm. with them that I made with the AI bot, and then... We have some absolutely gorgeous uh, AI, some art that was sent in by Make Heroism uh, that is uh, beauti beautifying up the whole spot. All kinds of visual aids for all the stuff that we're talking about. Definitely check it out. Zososcorner.substack.com. Now, uh, do you want to learn a little bit of what was kind of <laughs> the mentality leading up to these tests? And uh, how they conducted them? 
I have one of those really nice... What the philosophy uh, was that they were trying to sell on people? Yes. And everybody's fan favorite FDR shows up. I mean, what's not to love? What's not to love about the 1950s? Like the 20s, the 30s? No. Let's take it It back. It was rough. From the 1900s to the 1950s. What a time to be alive. Yeah. You went from horses to airplanes. It's crazy. It's great. It was fun. Shit's wild. Um, so I guess fossil fuels, they really they really did a number on us, you know. <laughs> we really sped things along. No doubt. Way to industrialize, guys. <laughs> it's uh, a civil war, man, I'm telling you. This uh this is one of those fine alphabet soup videos, the infographics channel, the uh all Adobe Animate sort of uh they are great for when you want to get a fine boost of hmm, a fine boost of narrative. They're they're here to lay out the facts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good facts. Good facts. Here's what they had to say about sea spray. The sneak attack on Pearl Harbor caught the US government completely unawares. What? <laughs> I love this. I love this. Uh, this myth. <laughs> That's why I love this channel. Can't get enough. And immediately after the attack, fears grew. If the U.S. was vulnerable to a sneak conventional military attack of such a scale, then just how vulnerable was it to a chemical or biological weapon attack? Despite the signing of the Geneva Protocol banning chemical or biological weapons, rumors of Japanese chemical and biological tests on prisoners of war reached America's intelligence agencies, and it was feared that a Japanese or probably German ship disguised as a simple freighter could park outside a major city and spray chemicals or germs into the air, infecting hundreds of thousands of Americans. In 1942, President Roosevelt signed into action the first biological warfare program, which would be overseen by the National Academy of Sciences. Its primary aims were to develop biological weapons for military use, should an enemy break international law. Then it was thought that the U.S. needed to be ready to retaliate in kind. The second aim, however, was to explore just how vulnerable the U.S. population and its infrastructure were to a chemical biological attack. The War Research Service was thus created, with George W. Merck of the Merck Pharmaceutical Company leading it. Work on developing new bio and chemical weapons immediately began, though thankfully they were never used. At the end of the war, Merck warned that work on discovering America's vulnerabilities and developing new capabilities to act as a deterrent couldn't be ignored during a time of peace. Merck now, Merck, of course, we, re we remember who Merck is. Mm -hmm. We've brought up Merck before. Hella famous uh, German pharmaceutical company that was founded in the 1600s. Um, although I did learn recently that they actually split off. Uh, so there became the European and the American Merck. And this guy hmm. was the American Merck. And the okay. European Merck ended up working with the Germans. Sure, surely. It's a German company, if I recall. Mm. Uh, but we'll continue went on to say it must be continued on a sufficient scale to provide an adequate defense. In 1948, a committee on biological warfare was established and overseen by bacteriologist Ira Baldwin, with one of the first reports determining that the United States was extremely vulnerable to a sneak attack of chemical or biological weapons. 
This report alarmed the president, who immediately wanted to know just how vulnerable America was. Yet this was something that could only be discovered in one way, a series of open-air tests with real live germs. In order to best simulate a hostile attack with deadly bacteria, the committee decided we on the use of Oh my sweet Jesus, the only way we know if we're vulnerable to attack is by attacking ourselves. The only way to know what happens when you shoot someone is to shoot someone. Tell me where in the Art of War that is. Show me what page. That Chapter 5. I'll look it up later. <laughs> that doesn't sound wise. That doesn't sound sage. It sounds fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Don't shoot yourself in the foot, says Sun Tzu. Mm, no doubt. And Serratia marcescens, two strains of bacteria believed to be non-pathogenic and relatively harmless to humans. Serratia marcescens had one other major benefit going for it. It would turn food and surfaces it colonized a bright red, making it easier to identify and track its dispersion across a major city. With assurances that the bacteria Tits. involved were harmless to humans, the green light was given for the first biological attack on U.S. soil, carried out by the U.S. government itself. Watch out for that government, man. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, so not only did it turn food and surfaces red, but it also got into the urinary tract of some people, and it would t turn your piss red. And that could be like, you know, blood issues. You never know what red, uh, red piss can show. Oh! <laughs> Womp. <laughs> That's the exact thing that Servo said in his note, in his boost. The exact noise. Doodle 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 dookie dunk womp. Yeah, via boost CLI. <laughs> Want to play some GameCube? And Servo and I Tits. just just swapped out the numerology.py and we have a new URL that'll drop uh, uh, drop the GIFs. In the chat. Uh yeah. Sexy gifts. Look at that. ITM.b.sexy. <laughs> That's right. You're missing out if you're not in the in the chat. Uh let's see here. Moving forwards, uh oh Stupid Pearl Harbor myth too, that like or the, the the Americans not being ready to go into the war. I was reading about the first American volunteer group, the Flying Tigers, that were operating in China uh, before we, before Pearl Harbor. They already had a volunteer Air Force group there, like shooting down Japanese planes under the guise of the Chinese government. Yeah, they knew. They, they were working on it. They knew. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, how, what happened that day, uh, they ended up spraying for six days, collected samples from 43 different sites, and, uh, this is what happened. On September 20th, 1950, a U.S. Navy vessel steamed across the mouth of the San Francisco Bay. In her hold were millions of gallons of water infested with two strains of bacteria, which was pumped out and vaporized through special nozzles. San Francisco was chosen because of its favorable wind conditions and geography. Wind coming in from the ocean would carry the bacteria across the entire city, exactly the type of thing an enemy would seek to do in a real attack. 
For 30 minutes, the Navy ship sprayed thousands of gallons of infected water into the morning fog, creating two mile-long clouds. Carefully monitoring the time of release, temperature, wind speed, and humidity, U.S. agents then collected samples all across the city just to see how far the bacteria were spread by the wind itself. For one whole week, September 20th through September 27th, the U.S. government sprayed bacteria into San Francisco, monitoring how widely they were dispersed. Not only were the bacteria used believed to be harmless to humans, but another benefit of both strains of bacteria was their extreme rarity in San Francisco, or even California for that matter. That would make any reports of infections easy to track. Easy to track, because <laughs> everybody's going to be peeing red. Yeah, that's easy to track. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they ended up deciding that these tests were successful because they were able to go around and collect all the samples and they realized, holy shit, we are super vulnerable <laughs> when, when the Russians come in to do this. Uh, oh, they, they decided, yes, it is, it is bad for you. Um, well, so it turns out that a couple of people ended up getting sick. The government concluded that a sneak attack using chemical or biological weapons was entirely feasible against an American city, and that such an attack could result in the infection of the majority of the city. The entire exercise had gone off without a hitch. It was a great success in revealing America's vulnerability. Yet, just days after the end of the spring, trouble began to pop up. A few days after the end of the test, a 75-year-old man named Edward Nevin contracted a urinary tract infection and fell extremely ill. Just a month earlier, he had undergone a successful prostate gland surgery and was well on his way to recovery until the mysterious illness. Running several labs on Nevin, the hospital was shocked to discover Serratia marcescens, an extremely rare bacteria that had never once been recorded in the hospital before. By mid-October, the bacteria had spread to Nevin's heart and he died. Over the next six months, ten more patients were admitted to the hospital with infections caused by serratia marcescens, though all ten would recover. A panic ensued as doctors and researchers tried to discover the cause of this sudden outbreak, fearful of a larger event on the horizon, yet no source could be identified. And thankfully for the people of San Francisco, the small outbreak seemed to disappear just as mysteriously as it had started. The U.S. government, though, took note of the outbreak, conducting its own four-man investigation into the matter. Their tests were supposed to help discover the best way to protect people from an attack, not to actually make them sick. General William Creasy spearheaded an effort to reassess the pathogenic nature of serratia marcescens, and in a two-page report, the investigators explained that the bacteria was not an ideal simulant after the San Francisco illness. A bacteria that had previously been thought to be completely harmless had instead been found to be potentially fatal. Yet other government scientists concluded that the bacteria was only fatal in extremely rare circumstances and only for those with severely weakened immune systems such as Edward Nevins. They went on to justify its use and continued testing by saying, on the basis of our study, we conclude that serratia marcescens is so rarely a cause of illness and the illness resulting is predominantly so trivial that its use as a simulant should be continued, even over populated areas. Thus, government testing of biological agents would continue for 25 years, all conducted in the dark. It wouldn't be until 1969 when Richard Nixon signed a law banning the testing of biological weapons that the experiments would stop, yet the public wouldn't even find out about the testing until the mid-70s. That's... <laughs> 69. Nixon. Everybody hated Nixon. Mm -hmm. Sounds simple, right? How easy, you know, to just not tell... You just don't tell people. I know that sounds weird. Yeah, try it out. Picture my mouth like a jet engine. 
<laughs> These are not government agents. They are scientists. Oh man. Um yeah, it's uh 69. So this is where it takes it took an interesting turn. Um I fell into the just the the absolute clutches of two different stories and i had to make the ultimate choice of only going with the one of them uh but the other one is so fascinating that i'm thinking about bringing it next week and doing like a mini part two to this whole Mm -hmm. segment a two-parter a two-parter no doubt um so where I've decided to take us is to the small town of Times Beach, Missouri. You know anything about this town? Times Beach, Missouri? No, I've never heard of it. Now, Times Beach, Missouri. This is, uh, this is, this is less so uh, an example of how the government will just roll into town with giant blowers in the back of station wagons and just start coating everybody in a questionable substance. This, oh my. this is more so the story of the aftermath of producing one of the um one of the chemical agents used in war, uh which I don't want to spoil quite yet. But this okay. is this is a story that's all about just the the waste from that process. And how just utterly it can destroy mm. it, this 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 all of this biologic and chemical warfare stuff is mind-boggling to me. And just was, to make it, you'll just whatever the factories are where they make the shit gets destroyed from all the runoff, right? Is what you're saying? Uh, sorry. What do you mean? I mean, like when you make the when you make the stuff, the factories. They they dump all of this shit out into the into the rivers and whatever water sources are, are nearby and the factories where they make all of these toxins for war. Yes, uh, it, it, it ruins the towns like where they're at. This case, it's it's actually brought up in in one of the clips, uh, so so we'll save it. But um, yeah, there was definitely instances of this company leaving <laughs> certain materials just laying around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops, did we do that? Um, so Times Beach founded in Missouri by a local newspaper. They had hoped to turn this land into a sort of well-to-do rich suburb. Uh, but unfortunately they built it in a floodplain, which never fares well for property value. Um, all of the money ended up leaving the town newspaper shut down. Uh, they were never able to really like grow the population. It was a super small town. Um, mm-hmm. never got funding to actually pave the roads, so they had dirt roads going everywhere, uh, which is super incredible, uh, super incredibly important to the story is the dirt roads, um, because so much dust was getting kicked up all the time that they, they ended up having to hire a guy to come in and spray all the roads down with oil. Now, this first clip is, uh... This, I have called it the rains of dioxin. 
Three and a half hours away from Times Beach sat the town of Verona, Missouri, and in it, a chemical facility owned by the company Hoffman Taff. Hoffman Taff was, among other things, contracted by the United States military to produce the chemical 245T, a pesticide, which, when combined with pesticide 24D, produced the chemical we refer to today as Agent Orange, used during the Vietnam War. The production of Agent Orange creates an excess waste stream filled with a highly toxic carcinogen called dioxin. Hoffman Taft's facility contained this waste in a still residue tank, which they kept on site. By the time the U.S. military ended their use of Agent Orange, Hoffman Taft was left with this dioxin-laden holding tank and began looking for new business. Unable to find much work, eventually the company began leasing part of their facility as a way to make extra money. They contracted with a company on the east coast of the United States called the Northeastern Pharmaceutical and Chemical Company Incorporated, or NAPACO. Napaco produced the compound hexachlorophene, which at that time was used widely as a disinfectant in antibacterial hand soaps, toothpaste, and other topical products. Today, we know that hexachlorophene is toxic, but during the 1970s, Napaco produced it at the facility around the clock. Manufacturing hexachlorophene also produces dioxin, and so Napaco piped this waste into the still residue tank already in use by Hoffman Taff. The tank could only hold so much, and soon the facility needed to empty its contents to free up space. But how to get rid of this toxic material? How indeed to how do indeed. we how indeed do we dispose of this highly incredibly toxic material? Mm, lavish, we should we should consult each other on this. What would you do in this situation? Oh, dump it. Dump it. Dump it. Holy fucking shit, you guys! Haha, <laughs> ring, ring, pick up the phone, dump it. No, they, they, they aren't that corrupt. They aren't that corrupt. I'll give them that. Okay. Uh, allegedly, okay. I think. We'll find out. Uh, uh, then what, what? the other thing I would do is I would rebrand it as, like, toothpaste or something. <laughs> and be like, well, this is a new different kind of organically made uh, USA, made in USA toothpaste. Oh, and, man. Uh, this is, this story is just, it's going to get fucked up. Um, no, what they ended up doing was they, they sub, subcontracted uh the removal and disposal of it to a company called IPC and uh, IPC IPC and IPC turned around and they subcontracted it to the lowest bidder as well oh okay okay classic they ended up paying richard bliss like pennies on the gallon to come in and uh, deal with this stuff. And um, it did not... Uh, you subcontracted someone to take care of the subcontractor and their subcontractors. Exactly. Mm, so they perfect. were getting paid like $3,000 per load, and he was making like 125 getting rid of it. And he just brought it back to his place. Like, what, you know, what the fuck ever. It turns out they didn't inform him of what he was dealing with. There are varying accounts of the agreement between IPC and Russell Bliss, but they all center around this main question. Did IPC tell Mr. Bliss what he would be hauling? Bliss maintains that IPC simply told him the barrels contained waste oil, which was, after all, the purpose of his company. It never entered my mind what 
they were doing or what they were making. Uh, I was told at one time they were making ladies' face cleanser. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I know one time some of the workers down there said, what do you do with this old oil? And I said, well, I spray it in harsh arenas and, and sell it for re-refined oil, and they make heavy industrial fuel out of it, and spray it on country roads, and nobody said nothing. IPC claims that Russell Bliss agreed to take the barrels to an atomic waste site in Rolla, Missouri for proper disposal. For whatever difference it makes, no such atomic waste site exists. Regardless of who knew what and when, eventually Russell Bliss came into the possession of the dioxin-filled waste containers. Opening one up, Bliss decided the waste could be used as a supplement to his own oil supply, so he mixed them. You remember what I said about all those uh, dusty, dirty roads? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about to get lit. One day, Blister... Hold on. There's something wrong with this player. It sounds like it's old-timey radio. I don't know why. Does it sound like that to you? Like... Decided uh, to spray some of his oil on the... Yeah, One day, Blister... What in the hell? Why would it do that? <laughs> We're going back in time, folks. Do you, do you want it sounding like old-time radio, or do you want a real clip? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> do you have a uh, preference? Uh, old-time radio. One day, Bliss decided to spray some of his oil on the ground to control the problem. Several visitors on Bliss's property were impressed at how well the technique worked, and eventually he was asked by various customers to spray the oil on their property to control their own dust issues, including several horse arenas, one in Moscow Mills, and eventually on the dirt roads of a struggling town called Times Beach. Due to their frequent use, the town's roads needed to be sprayed every few weeks. By the end of 1973, Russell Bliss is estimated to have sprayed more than 100,000 gallons of his oil. It didn't take very long for signs that something was terribly, terribly amiss. Within a few days of Bliss's work at the arena in Moscow Mills, birds began to drop dead from the rafters, and the horses developed sores and lost their hair. The owners of the arena began exhibiting signs of illness too. Headaches, nosebleeds, abdominal pain, and diarrhea. At another stable Bliss treated near Jefferson City, 12 horses dropped dead, and several children developed chloracne, a skin condition associated with dioxin poisoning. A third arena near St. Louis also experienced evidence of poison soon after hiring Bliss to spray. Almost immediately, these events attracted the eyes of the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, and an investigation was launched. No good. Everything mm. in the area just died out. Birds dropping from the air. Horses going bald. Yeah, 100,000 gallons of this half-and-half half mix. Boy. Nice. Uh, so, to kind of sum up what happened here, um, the CDC was alerted. They had no idea what dioxin really was capable of, So, and I guess they didn't really have any experience with it. Uh, it took them four years of studying the soil from this uh, horse arena uh, that Bliss first sprayed. It took them four years to confirm that it was dioxin. And uh, while all that was happening, Bliss was just sitting here spraying all the roads, and the illnesses were just skyrocketing, right? Um, Napaco, the company that was producing the toothpaste, went out of business in 72. 1974, the CDC confronted Bliss 
though he had no idea what was going on, had no idea what dioxin was. He was just like, I just got my oil here, whatever. Uh, the mm. CDC finally tracked the Napaco factory down in Verano, uh, which had, it had already closed, and a new business had taken over the facilities, but they were stuck with the vat of dioxin. It was like 4,300 gallons of this shit. Um, the CDC found it there. Soil samples in the nearby area confirms that the dioxin was coming from the plant. 1975, the EPA advised the CDC of destroying all the contaminated soil because the only thing that you can do for it is incinerate it, right? Um, but the CDC felt no urgency because they believed the half-life of this toxic material to only be one year. Hmm. It turns out... How long is it really? <laughs> seven to 11 years. Yeah, oh, they're a little bit off there. Yep. State officials didn't want to pay for the cleanup because they were like, oh, it's only going to be a year or like whatever. Um, 1979, mind you, uh, a whistleblower finally steps forward and alerted officials of a dump site, an illegal dump site that contained, uh, contained 90 leaky barrels of, uh, of dioxin. EPA went back to Bliss's Horse Arena finally in 1982 and were shocked to find highly levels of contamination. This is what happened. In June of 1982, the EPA revisited the infected horse arenas and took new soil samples. To their horror, the levels of dioxin hadn't decreased since the initial tests years earlier. Though a decade had passed since the stables had been sprayed, they were still hazardous. Realizing their misunderstanding of the effects and the extent of dioxin contamination, the EPA collected and tested several hundred more soil samples, urging all of the locations to close permanently. Later that year, documents from the EPA leaked to the public revealed 14 confirmed and over 40 possibly contaminated sites in the state of Missouri. One of them was Times Beach. At the release of this report, residents were shocked to learn that for over a decade, they had been living on poisoned soil. That November, the EPA finally arrived at Times Beach and took samples. Residents were understandably uneasy about the presence of men in hazmat suits canvassing the small town, and as December approached, it brought rain. Rain in Times Beach means flooding and the EPA raced against the clock to gather samples before the rising tide would wash their progress away. The day after the agency completed its sampling, Times Beach suffered the worst flood in its history. The entire town was evacuated. Two days before Christmas, the waters finally began to recede and the EPA's test results came in. Dioxin. Concentrations on the town's roadways were as high as 100 parts per billion. Dioxin is hazardous at one part per billion. The EPA recommended that Times Beach be abandoned. <laughs> they got nuked in this stuff. All a byproduct from toothpaste and Asian orange. Mm-hmm. Classic Monsanto shit. And, and the floods come, and then what? Does the shit, is it heavy? Does it sink, or does... Just the, the floods carry it all off. Does it enter the water? Is it the carried to other places? I don't know if they ended up commenting on how far. Hmm. Because I know the the whole town ends up getting bulldozed. Mm hmm. Um. Sounds like it wasn't in a great 
spot to begin with, but yeah, you know, all for your safety. Well, I guess in this case, it wasn't for your safety. No, um, it was for your your detriment. Yeah, but uh, this is uh, this is uh, this is what ended up happening to everybody. Its residents, now displaced, vented their frustration at government officials. Many in Times Beach, suffering ill effects of the dioxin, demanded to know why the EPA, which had known about the contamination for over 10 years, had failed to inform them. I'll tell you what, if you want people to be assured, first of all, you better find out who is exposed, how much they're exposed, and get your show together before you start doing a study. Before long, lawsuits were filed between various parties, and caught in the middle was Russell Bliss. Seen as the Grim Reaper by many of the townspeople, Bliss endured constant attacks and harassment, all while maintaining his innocence. I swear to all of you, I had no idea this material was bad. The national news media coverage added more fuel to the fire as blame was passed around from one governmental department to another. What was to be done for the people of Times Beach, who now found themselves homeless? many without a dime to their name. Estranged residents of the town demanded a buyout from the federal government, threatening to hit the EPA, CDC, and others with lawsuit after lawsuit. After repeated public outcry, then-President Ronald Reagan created the Times Beach Dioxin Task Force on January 7, 1983, which consisted of representatives from the EPA, CDC, FEMA, and the Army Corps of Engineers. A month of non-stop media coverage later, the federal government announced that they would pay $33 million to buy every single residential property and business in the town. Yep, and they ended up... Mm-hmm. They had it gated off, couldn't... Uh, I mean, round-the-clock military guard, uh, all the way up until, like, the 90s, and they finally got an incinerator there, and they torched the whole thing, and uh, n- now it's a park. Hmm. $33 million. Classic $33 million purchase. Mm-hmm. Should we, should we hit him with a money rain jingle? Oh, yeah. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. <laughs> Yeah, $33 million straight to the dome, son. <laughs> uh, also... There's no accepted scientific evidence whatsoever that proves a covert program is real. I really but desperately want it to not be true. <laughs> Based on our highly credible experts and scientific approach to chemtrails, we can verify the chemtrail conspiracy is false. Oh. <laughs> but getting sprayed down in glowy particles, totally true. Oh, we can all go home. Mm. Man, I was muted. Uh, so next week, uh, if you are game for it, I got a story about the very first chemical warfare test uh, conducted by the Germans in World War One. Oh, yeah, that's nice. where that, Bring that. Yeah, that that's, sounds good. That was the other fork in the path that I ended up at, and mm. um, I just, I'm, I'm just. There's such a, a like, you know how we come across those those pe- these people like Jack Parsons, right? They're just like mm-hmm. total like they went out there and clutched it. Like this guy is like the more evil version in my opinion, and he's got a badass wife. 
dude, this, uh, what was her name? Um, I forget her name, but she was awesome. <laughs> and we'll find out more next week. <laughs> All right. Is this a, a the picture of her in the notes here? Yes. Yeah, she looks like a badass. Oh, dude. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm only fucking up so hard because I uh, didn't actually get their links saved. But next week, we'll learn more. I, here is, I, I do have this weird Japanese anime. Uh, it's a, about an Italian village that was also um, the subject of a dioxin spill. There's a whole anime about it. Oh, yeah. of course. There's an anime about everything nowadays, huh? Yeah, Seveso, the Summer of Dioxin. Mm. Crazy shit, man. These crazy chemicals and their crazy byproducts. <laughs> Anime being one of them. <laughs> um. Well, I'm sorry that uh, they ended up being thicker. I, I was trying to pound through it as quickly as I could, but uh, that's all I got. This is the... That's a juicy chunk of stuff. You had a lot of ground to cover. This is, this is a, an interesting topic. I'm glad you took your time with it. Mm. And like Lorian said, <laughs> you got to wiki that scheme. Yeah, come on, man. Yep. You got to wiki your schemes, people. <laughs> I liked what he said. There was one guy at one point who said something like, uh, you don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe it's true. Towards the end, he said something like that. It's like, that's that's basically the the moral of the story for a lot of these sorts of things that people call conspiracy, but really are just just unfortunate ways that the world works that they don't want to like acknowledge you know this next story is so unbelievable we didn't think it could possibly be true that Mm -hmm. one (laughs) yeah that guy (laughs) oh man uh did you have any uh yeah i guess any final thoughts uh no i'm looking forward to to learning about this baddie and and this psycho german next next week yeah it's it's now i know about time speech yeah, I might. Uh, I might even follow up with some of the, some clips about the Radium Girls. That's mm. gonna be. That's some like not safe for life stuff. We, we might have to have an off-air conversation, uh, mm. have mm. discussions, see if the people are really ready for this. Ah, yes. Yeah, see if it's palatable. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, screamo. Yeah, sure. Well, when you step outside, outside the house and you go to, like, leave those vocal mails for your podcast friends and family or whatever you guys all are, uh, you know, and you're outside and it's like a hundred and a decade plus or whatever it'd be outside and you just got outside and it's, and it's like that, uh, that Indiana Jones movie where they open up the ark and all of a sudden that dude's face melts and you're just like, ah! Mm. I love you guys. That dangerous. Cacao. That was a good scream. Mm. You know what that? That was a hearty <laughs> scream from that... the from the gut, from the gullet. <laughs> that that uh, <laughs> that scream kind of gave me vibes like maybe Color is a superhero, uh, and he'll fight anybody with a rusty chain, a rusty blade. He doesn't really care. So he's an equal opportunity a vigilante. Yes, he's suited for battle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh you ready for intermission then i believe so let's do it uh this one's got some food related stuff oh i can't put it in that deck let me eject that oh, okay yeah the next one that's so that's the premise of the intermission it's got food stuff food stuff man 
All right. Eat it up. Eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. Please meet Gigi Allen. Gigi, describe first, if you would, what happens at your concerts? Well, first of all, rock and roll music to me has always been about real peace and unity. And my mission is to put hugs back into rock and roll, something that's been missing for a real long time. practically perfect in every way. Democratic cities are in chaos right now. Is this what you want from Joe Biden? And they're going to take your country away and they're taking down the statues. And crime the is rising crime as is they rising. defund police. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. And they're defunding police. It's like, and the people who you saw there, for the most part, not, not them specifically, I'm talking about as a whole, fall for it.
Kool-Aid. Have some Kool-Aid. will commence again if you try to take our firearms. Welcome back to second second half of show for Labor Day, September fifth, twenty twenty two. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you for being here on September fifth, twenty twenty two. It is almost ten o'clock p.m. on the Pacific Coast, the Pacific Coast, the bereft coast, the left coast, oh, the all that's left coast. No. Yes. 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 JCD time. <laughs> as some call it yes some some you may have some. heard of some who may curate this or that yes indeed yeah and it is indeed labor day and uh 
Gosh, we're laboring to get behind these schemes, I'll tell you. I tell you what? No, you it tastes what. like ass. <laughs> right you are, Carolyn. <laughs> That's what that oil dioxin mix tastes like. Mm. Sprinkled with a little ZCS. Mm. We'll be glowing in no time. Glowing all over the goddamn place. We should right uh, to the bank. We should thank some of these glowing folks that we have coming out and helping produce public radio. Indeed, we are a value-for-value value production, which means that we don't have any corporate sponsorship. We don't have any ads of any kind. We uh, are beholden to nobody but the public, damn it. Uh, we just try to give soul. Ooh. Messy, messy, messy. Oh, somebody wanted a little goat. Dirty. Oh, that might be Petar. The big Bala himself wanted a little slice of goat today. <laughs> the goats good. know Petar well. Yeah, Tits. yeah. You like that hemoglobin? All over your face. Yes. Petar Plasma from the goats. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That's a good band oh. name. Petar Plasma? Yeah. Or a cool <laughs> stage name. Petar Plasma. Dude. I'm telling you. I'm telling yeah. you. I, I, I dig it as well. The Goat Slaughterer. The Boogeyman. The Man with the Blade. The Man with mm. the Knife. Many a rectangle eyeball has been closed forever. <laughs> Do you have an, uh, a blade? Do you have one? No, we need to kill them. I just need to kill them. Get rid of them. <laughs> Yeah, Dave knows. Dave gets it. Dave does get it. <laughs> Peter says he bought a new knife. Well, my friend, there's a reason why. It's right here. I got a blade right here. It's a good one. Ooh. There he goes. <laughs> Trying out the new knife. Pretty good. Gets the job done. He's uh he's just testing it out. We got uh let's count them. Let's count them. One, two. I know there was one. Ah, there it is. I think that's number four. Number there. four. Oh. That's right. Every time he slaughters a goat, he sends in uh, 6,666 Satoshis. Tits. Which, as Sir Spencer says, is super effective for killing goats. <laughs> one time for the one time. Uh. That's a nasty scheme. Yes. Tits. That is a very. Oh. Yeah, and so I start watching this thing, and and the and I'm looking for you know Tits. satanic rituals. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> We're all looking for tits and satanic rituals. We can't have one without the other. No, you, you simply cannot. And we're going to be sipping on the teat of blood tonight. Well, fuck we, that. We're going to double down on this shit. That's right. We barely got over cleaning the last pile. <laughs> Tits. Seven, eight, nine, ten, I think. I think it's ten goats slaughtered. That's that's one. Tits. That's, that's pound me off. That's so good. <laughs> that's a lot of goats. Us, very unpopular podcasters. Oh, they just line up for Petar, don't they? <laughs> One after the other. Take a stand, you goats. Tits. Slice me up, knife daddy. Slice me up.
That's what the goats on the ranch say as they line up. Tits. <laughs> Tits. Mm-hmm. Male goats, female goats, all are equal under the blade. Yes, this is very true. This is very true. This is all family friendly. All family yes. friendly. Not for kids. Not for kids. This is not a show for young children. It's stated in our disclaimer. But again, yes. not for kids. It's barely for adults. Barely for adults. So let the kids leave the kids alone. Leave the kids alone. The well, kids are all right. Let's uh, let's thank some of the fruits of hazards that came out and helped produce the show, and we'll circle back to these boostograms. We had Tunta. He's got an end of show song that we're gonna be. Oh yeah, Tunta. That blood that goat is for you, and that blood is for you. Tits. Thank you, Tunta, for the end of show song. Very very kind. Yeah, stick around after the show, and you'll hear it. <laughs> uh, it's a good one. It's funny. Uh, we had Sir Earl Mittens, that champ. Uh, that he, fella, that fine guy, fella. He was uh, he was on the second ever in person show behind the schemes for episode eighty four Fruit Earth when we all made the trip to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And yes, this, this crazy son of a bitch sent me fifty seven different AJ or Alex Jones ISOs. Wow, fifty seven. God help us. They look crazy. They look demonic. So get that in your damn pipe and smoke it. Lit by the moon and the stars. I'm asking God to kill you. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mrs. Stormy Daniels. Burn it down, <laughs> shoot him, murder him. <laughs> Woo, yeah! <laughs> that is just but a taste. Yes, but a taste. But a taste. <laughs> Sir, Sir Earl Mittens. Yes. Oh, man. From, uh, I believe, the great town of Louisville. I don't mean to dox too much, but I think it's, I think this is all open. Open knowledge. He's quite the historian of uh, OBDM and No Agenda. It's, it's very fascinating. Oh, yeah. He's been around. Nice. Good to hear from you, Sir Earl. I hope to, hope to have another beer with you again soon. No doubt. And, yeah, we always appreciate the Alex Jones ISOs. They, uh... They definitely come in handy for the Battle of the Douchebags, mm. which really is just Booberry and, and Sir Seats that are just showing off all their Alex Jones ISOs. Hey, I only had two, maybe three Alex Jones before this. <laughs> I had the, I got the Eat It, I got the, on this card in the tarot deck that is Conspiracy, there might have been one other one. Okay, okay. I'm not keeping score here. I'm, I believe you. The uh, we had a couple of uh, monthly donations come through. Uh, first one was KS for five dollars. Yeah, KS. And then the second one was from Sir Cross Stitch for five dollars and thirty three cents. Five thirty three. Thank you, Sir Cross Stitch. Thank you very much, y'all, for those. We really appreciate the monthly donations. Uh, that's set up through the PayPal. Um, although <laughs> I did see a. A floating headline going around today saying that the IRS is going to start uh, coming after those. And they got the labor force, I guess, for now. So A little nickels and dimes. A little $2 and $3. You know, they want their piece. 
Thank you, KS and Sir Crossstitch. Yes, like Booberry says, we we really appreciate the monthlies. Helps keep the lights on, you know. That's 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 the stuff. Thank you, sir, and and whoever. I'm sorry, I keep saying sirs and ma'ams, peoples and peoples. <laughs> Do you want me to hit you with the the, the violation? Or are you good? I, I keep hit me with it because my credit score, my social score, just keeps going down. I had a four star platinum rating with banks. <laughs> that's me. That's what the banks told me. Pronoun violation. I went to the bank to get a loan, and they're like, you're in luck. You're a four-star man. Not anymore. Oh, no. Now I'm on a three and a half. Docked. Well, you know, I'm, what can I say? I'm a bigot. <laughs> I deserve it. Uh, Nam also deserved it, deserves this. He sent over a really cool script that he helped me install. I'd never, I'd, I'd never done a batch file before, but it turns out I would do one. And now I get a little counter that sits here and it tells us how many people are listening live. That's pretty neato. And there's 20 of yous. Oh my god, don't tell them. Oh, oh shit. god, oh god, you've <laughs> exposed mean, them. 20 billion. 20 you've billion. You've them all. 20 billion. Oh man. Nice. Well, thank you, Nam. I appreciate that. Thanks for thanks for the the Python script. And uh, I think the last thing would be the boost that came through, uh, going from the top down. Sixty six, sixty six from Sir Spencer. He said, "Okay, I'll slice one," and he did. It's laying there. I'm looking at it. Mm. Eat it! Eat it! Eat it! I'm gonna roast up. We've had a lot of uh, nice goat meat on hand lately. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's laying everywhere. Yeah, we had to go get a walk-in so we can just hang it all up, you know? Yeah. Waste not. Waste not, one not. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve from twelve goats. There's a pile of twelve goats, thanks to Pitar. Twelve, go- a dozen goats for the road. Savage. Yes. Maniac. Peter is like the nightmare Batman of the goat world. <laughs> nightmare Batman of goat world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Something like that. Uh, any other boosts uh, that we had in here? We had uh, during intermission 306 from Zervo. He was testing out the yay. Okay, yay this. And that catches us up. Nice. I'd also like to give thanks to some art that came in. Uh, some some artists that came in with some art, I should say. <clears throat> Which is all in the show notes. Uh, you can go there at zososcorner.substack.com. We had a, a, a good chunk of art from Make Heroism. Uh, some of it's at the top, some of it's at the bottom. And you can go see all that beautiful stuff. That, that art seemed to have to do with uh, me as a red knight. And you as a, as a black knight of the moth. And there's some very cool images there. Yeah, I thought the red uh, red knight stuff was really slick. That was fun. I, I think so, too. I think that all the different styles of the of the red knight, they're very cool. And I, I of course, you know, I appreciate it. Uh, and then, yeah, I, like, I really like this moth image, though. It looks like uh, you got like a shield that's like another moth. And it's like a 
It's like armor. It's cool. With very human eyes. Yeah, and then there's a lot of uh, punk stuff in here, too. Some like, cool stuff. flyers, uh, some They Live-inspired stuff. Mm-hmm. Very legal. And some old... It looks like an old rock poster. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. Very legal. And that was from Make Heroism. And you can find him on uh, No Change of Social. Hangs out a lot with uh, Mary-Kate Ultra. And we have them to thank for lots of things. Our phone number jingle. Our our threadless t-shirt situation, which I've, I've become obsessed with lately. I've been collecting it quite... I have quite the collection now. Of... Uh, Behind the schemes, <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> the, the collection's growing all the time. Yeah, there's a sale that ends tomorrow too. Actually, oh, so, it's such a good sale. Some of those t-shirts are uh, still fifteen dollars as of uh, tomorrow. Oh yeah, I hopped on that. I should, I'm gonna hop on that again. Fifteen bucks a pop for some sweet teas. Fifteen dollars, little man. Put that shit in my. Wait, why? Why am I singing that? Uh, when I could, when you could be singing it. <laughs> oh, I thought I had a one of Spencer and Lorian singing that. Maybe not. We should mash them all together. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just have like overlapping, well, everybody singing it. <laughs> I've been known to do things like that before. Why not? I was I was uh, kind of inspired. There was a, a clip that you were playing where it sounded like the lady was... There was a lady in the background that was faintly singing exactly what a guy was saying. And it was like, like... The guy was talking, and then there was like a female ghost in the background that was mimicking what he was talking. I like that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to do something with that. It's in the notes. Um, we also have art coming in from Fletcher. Sir John Fletcher. Of the Great Hog Story, which he hosts with Dame Carolyn Blaney, as we have mentioned afore. I love and, the, uh, I love the neon sort of type font that he did. It looks great. Yeah, the the font is cool. I like the little sideways the, and uh, and then you, if you see, it's a red knight and a black knight. Oh yeah, and then they got that uh, mysterious person in the orb directly in front of them. Like a glass dome. Yeah, somebody in deep meditation in their in their magical dome. Yes, very spooky, and then it almost looks like a little city at the bottom. A city. Very surreal. Yeah, very very cool. Thank you, Fletcher. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna throw that up in the uh, chapter art for this week. Dank Dankola. Mm. And uh, it turns out I did have it. Fifteen bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. If the money doesn't show, yo me, yo me, yo. My drums can... of love. Oh, oh we, oh we, oh. oh. I think I wanna know ya, know ya. You know, Morse Day in the motherfucking time. <laughs> you motherfuckers don't know Morse Day in the mother. Okay, so yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thank you, Sir Spencer. Thank you, DeLorean. Thank you, Fletcher. And uh, thank you again to Servo for hooking us up with the new uh, GIF link for the boost bot action. And, uh, and and for drawing this this Peter Griffin Ten of Swords. <laughs> I know I know the artwork that I want to do with this. It's going to be really good. Speaking nice. of which, so uh, 
we were talking about this particular artwork with the Ten of Swords before the show started. And do you remember that picture I had sent uh, right after that? It was a picture of this bug bite. Yep. I'm, f- I'm feeling a little fucked up right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no bug bites really messing with you? I think so. I mean, it's like, I'm not going to say it's gotten better. Uh, I think it's gotten a little, like, a little angrier over the course of sitting here. No, I'm starting to feel a little flushed. So Uh-oh. I know this is, this is a strange development. I just want to throw that out there, but, hmm. um, you need to throw a little hydrogen peroxide on that or something. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to go look after the show to see if we have any, I put some cortisone on it. Uh, uh-huh. that's what I had at the time. Right, do you, do you have any idea what bug it was or are you no idea, man? No idea. Could have been a spider. Could have been a bug. Yeah, I thought it was, mm. you know, I took my socks off this morning and I was, or, uh, yeah, I was changing them out. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a really angry mosquito bite. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to say I'm not coming to Mi- Minneapolis anymore. <laughs> can't, I can't do it. The risk is too great. The danger is too great. Well, I was outdoors, uh, for a good part of Saturday. So yeah, you never know. As long as I just stay inside the library the whole time, I'll be okay. <laughs> well, geez, I hope that the bug bite improves at some point. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Go, yeah. go dip your leg in, in some uh, dioxin. Yeah. Maybe it'll help you out. <laughs> Give me some of that toothpaste. <laughs> Rub it right in there. Hey, toothpaste is a nice uh, antiseptic in a pinch. I do has I I use primarily the like uh, the baking powder stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to to avoid the fluoride. Mm. Uh, for the most part, if you make, are you talking about the the pre bought or that you make it yourself with the baking soda? Uh pre bought. Okay, yeah. yeah, I like that. So, like the Arm and Hammer shit. It's all good. Mm. Whatever. Life's short. Do rail lines of fluoride. It's good for you. <laughs> Tasty. <laughs> it gives your nose anti-cavity. Yeah. Well. Um, cocaine decisions. Cocaine decisions. Cocaine decisions. <laughs> Chlorine dioxide spray. Decisions. <laughs> Decisions. Chlorine, chlorine dioxin decisions. <laughs> <laughs> As tale of the government-aided pharmaceutical industry. Uh, nice. So is that it for the producers? Uh, yeah, we got one voicemail. Do you want to hit it now or save it for the end of the show? Oh, we got to save it. We gotta, right. That'll be the nightcap. Sounds good. Nice. Ooh. Well... What you got? I brought some stuff. I originally pulled kind of. I had. I I originally wanted to do a a run up on an individual, um, a a certain music producer. I had kind of pulled a bunch of clips on this guy, but I found some other stuff that I thought might be more interesting, and and I kind of put that to the side. Maybe not more interesting, but it just wasn't the right time. To, to bring up this one particular thing that I'm going to save for later. But I found 
or I was shown, I should say, something that really kind of kind of caught my eye. Uh, two things, really. Uh, first of all, there is a Guardian article that uh, was was brought up to me by Dame Bullysteed herself, who you can find uh, in the green room a lot of the time. She hangs out around there, and she showed me an article that was uh, was put on by the Guardian, and it was. Boosted around the uh, the Fediverse by a character named Structure Surfboard. I didn't. I had never known or met before. Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, but they're around, and it was an article written by a one Douglas Ruskov, who's a well-known writer and a humanist and a sort of a an intellectual, a professional intellectual, and it was about. Luxury Apocalypse Bunkers for the Super Rich. It was about bu- these guys, these billionaires that are that are getting the idea to build these super nice, fancy, uh, last-minute, last-resort type uh, structures, you know. And so they hire this guy to come and talk to them about it. There's five of these guys. And, uh, you know, Ruskov's whole deal is he comes in and he kind of gives them a pre-written spiel. He's, he's written books. He's written many, many books. He's written like 20 books or something. And I've got kind of his website reference in the notes. And these guys, these five guys, they consider him sort of a futurist is what he calls it. People think I'm a futurist. His, he likes to focus on the way that technology affects people. And uh, I guess he's a, he's a pretty smart guy. Uh, MIT, I guess, has said some nice things about him. So I imagine he's probably like a mathematician of some manner. Or, you know, pretty clever fellow. Would that make him the antithesis of a transhumanist? Or is he just kind of an offshoot? I think he's a, he's a Star Trek-type communist, is mm. how I would put it. An ultimate he's, utopian. He, Utopian, perhaps, I guess, is one way of putting it. He, the way, what we'll learn with the way that he interacts with these billionaires is that he kind of has an idea that of, of, of unity and of cooperation. And if there is to be some massive event that would kind of be, you know, an extinction level event or some major event that would disrupt society as we know it and throw us into a dark age that the, the true long-term solution for survival would be community and working together and not excluding people and not hoarding resources and, um, and having society, trying to rebuild society so that, you know, you have everybody working and, and making things and, and, and it isn't just, I don't know, I'll, I'll kind of explain with the, with the article, but th- that's sort of his take. But these these five rich guys that he wants that he meets up with who pay him quite heavily, you know, quite quite a handy little sum, and they take him out to some nice house by the seaside and talk to him in this big living room, and they they don't want to hear his spiel. They want to ask him questions. They they want to know small stuff at first, and he says, uh, and this is and I quote from the article, they they started asking him questions like Bitcoin or Ethereum. <laughs> Like when the world ends, Bitcoin and Ethereum will be the the global currency, the new currency, if the internet, you know, is still still active. Uh, any quote: Bitcoin or Ethereum, virtual reality or or augmented reality? 
Who will get quantum computing first, China or Google? Eventually, they edged into the real topic of concern, New Zealand or Alaska. Ah, where, where are they going to build the base? Which region would be less affected by the coming climate crisis? And then it only got worse from there. Which was the greater threat, global warming or biological warfare? How long should one plan to build uh, to be able to survive with no outside help whatsoever? Should a shelter have its own air supply? What was the likelihood of groundwater contamination? And finally, the CEO of a brokerage house explained that he had nearly completed a building of his own, uh, an underground bunker system, and he asked, you'll love this, he said, he asked, how do I maintain authority over my security force after the event? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I hope you have ways to pay him in Bitcoin. <laughs> or There's cans a- of sardine. Or cans of tuna. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that's going to be like gold in its own way. I've heard on authority from a very prestigious uh, uh, finance personality that yes, cans of tuna are the are are your best bet at having something valuable. So they keep referencing this event, the event, Uh, and then he keeps on to say he goes on to say that was their euphemism. Or the environmental collapse, social unrest, nuclear explosion, solar storm, unstoppable virus, or malicious computer hack that takes everything down. <laughs> everything. <laughs> yep. It's like the toys are toys are us of doom. Yeah. And why pick one? When you can have them all. You can have them all. You can have most of them. In the end, it, it'll be everything but the virus, and that'll be the big irony. I never know. You never know. Uh, He goes on to say, This single question occupied us for the rest of the hour. They knew armed guards would be required to protect their compounds from raiders, (laughs) as well as angry mobs. One had already secured a dozen Navy SEALs to make their way to his compound if he gave them the right cue. But how would he pay the guards once his crypto was worthless? Mm, Cans of tuna? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Sexual favors? I don't know. Oh, there you go. You know, we're talking about the apocalypse here. You know, there's there's food, there's ammo, and there's sex. Right? That's what you and shelter. <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these these uh you know these underground bunker millionaires they're used to a certain lifestyle. Um. So they go on to say, the billionaires considered using special combination locks on the food supplies that only they knew. Or, this is even better, uh, they would make the guards wear disciplinary collars of some kind in return for their survival. Or, maybe they build robots to serve as guards or workers if that technology could be developed in time. I don't think anything could ever go wrong with robots. I think that sounds like a solid plan. And you don't have to do any maintenance on them or anything. They just work. Mm. Uh, and then you make them advanced enough to the point where they don't betray you because they know that you're worth it. You're a good guy. <laughs> this is justified. <laughs> <laughs> this is justified. I shouldn't turn this person into goo because I can at any given moment. Hey, you know something to maybe 
keep our eyes on. There's a spiritual sequel to Bioshock coming out called Atomic Heart, and it takes place in some uh, rusky uh, communist utopian ran by robots that have gone mm. crazy. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Oh, gotta get a link link to that. Hell yeah! Check that out. Oh boy, this is the this is like the social mindset, man. This is this is you know fallout and all that. This is what is on people's minds. There's such a such a a negative view of the future that these guys really are are putting in a ton of money and a ton of effort into this this plan. They really think that they need this long term survival plan in the face of an event. Um. And this guy who's talking to him, he kind of, he, I mean, the article is there. I, I'm not going to go through the whole article. But he, he, bas- he basically makes the, the, he comes to the conclusion that the billionaires aren't as interested in surviving as much as they are on winning some competition. They're approaching the whole thing from the, from the view that, you know, if I am smarter than everybody else and I have my shit figured out that I'm going to be okay. And it's too bad that, you know, everybody else can't, you know, but it's not my problem. Mm. And then when it comes to their, their own guys, it becomes like a competition amongst their peers. These guys are really trying to figure out, well, I'm going to build mine in New Zealand. Okay. Well, I'm going to build mine in Alaska. I'm going to build mine on a mountain. I'm going to build mine underground. I'm going to build mine under an airport. (laughs) I'm going to make mine an airport. Uh, I'm going to drill holes uh, in the middle of the desert. I'm going to whatever. These guys are, are they have their own style and their own uh, philosophy on how, how this thing should be done. And then they, the whole story is told from the point of view of this guy who's basically a communist or has a communist view of it, which is, like you said, the, the utopian or the... It, not that everybody should be equal, but that there should be a sense of like selflessness and there should be a sense of everybody should should sacrifice for some greater good of some manner, which is definitely not the point of view of the billionaires. Uh, they're sacrificing for numero uno. Thumb finger number one. There's only one of us, and it <laughs> is me. If that, wait, what? Huh? Yeah, uh, I like I said the article's there, and then I have some art, some really nice art that the AI generator kind of popped up for me, and I was I was channeling some MC Urschel or er, er, Escher, uh, I'm sorry, and some other things, and it's uh, it's cute. I think I think it's fun. Yeah, it's kind of got a nice noir feel to it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty, and then I, I I've got the I love the idea of. These armed guards standing around as some guy swims in a pool, <laughs> like protecting him as he's swimming in his massive underground pool, thirty floors below sea level. Did you ever see uh, Land of the Dead? That was kind of the plot of this movie. There was a super rich kind of utopian safe hold from the zombies, and the outskirts mm. were just riddled with human filth. Not much mm. better than the zombie vermin. And it's got uh, like John Luguiziamo and uh, Dennis Hopper, I think. Mm-hmm. It was. I have uh, not seen it, but that sounds about right. Yeah, it was uh, George Romero's 
climatic return to the uh, Night of the Living Dead series. It's pretty good. Mm. <laughs> Literally, eat the rich. The OG zombie man telling you to eat the rich. It was all figured out a long time ago. MC Urkel, says Serva. <laughs> uh, yeah, that seems to be the theme. I, I, I like the, the, the fallacy of it kind of comes in. The, the movies always portray it as if they succeeded. They did build this fantastic place, and it's working out just fine at the time of the film to a certain degree. Uh, but they had that one movie recently, the... Uh, what was that Don't Look Up movie mm-hmm. with um, Leo DiCaprio and all these great these great stars in there? And the kind of moral of that, which I liked, is that the rich people build the spaceship to to leave Earth, and and that's kind of the the moral there is that like these rich people, instead of saving Earth, they ditch it and they they spend all their money trying to get off of Earth to let everybody die, and. In this sort of comedic way, they all leave Earth. They go to some other planet, and then uh, it—I don't know—birds eat them or something. It doesn't work out. It's not. It wasn't a. It wasn't a winning idea. Turns right. out that it was just kind of hubris that these guys thought they could buy their way out of this this massive problem. You're gonna die naked and alone on a distant planet, eaten by alien monsters, and there's not a goddamn thing. That you can do to change that. You bought, you paid for the privilege, you as a matter of fact. You paid for this experience. Yeah. Boy, it wasn't just like this happened to you. You're going to ride it out, son. <laughs> oh, you're getting it today. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hands on the space hood. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you, Bully Steed, for sending in this article. It's a lovely article. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I know that it's all, yeah, it's not, it, that movie was okay. But speaking of movies, I found out, did you know, Booberry, that there is a actual genuine Hunter Biden movie coming out soon? Uh, is it a parody? It's like, yeah, it's like a fictionalized version of his, of his life. Oh my goodness! And of and of uh, Joe Biden as well, and it is starring some very interesting characters. Among them is the lady who was fired from the Star Wars set. Uh oh, God! I gotta find the cast real quick. Gina Carano. Oh yeah! Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so this actress, for anyone who isn't aware, was was kind of uh, blackballed from Hollywood after finding a good amount of success in The Mandalorian, and she was slated to like have a spinoff series, and she was going to you know have quite a bump in her career and profile from being in this in this in the Star Wars series mm-hmm. Mandalorian. But she was pretty open about her politics, and her politics are uh, considered right wing in a very left wing town. And she was uh, she was canceled, and it turns out that this film, which is being made by Robert Davi, and Robert Davi has been in some shit. I don't think I'm familiar with that name. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of not too famous, but he's he's he was in uh, the Goonies. He was in the original Die Hard. 
he was a Bond villain in one of the two uh, Richard Burton. Is it Richard Burton? Uh, Timothy Dalton, not Richard Burton. The Timothy Dalton, James Bonds. So he was a Bond villain. He was in Predator 2. Um, so he's been in like some pretty, pretty big films, but he's not an obscenely famous guy. And you wouldn't really recognize him if you saw him. But he's he knows a lot of uh, he knows a lot of <laughs> mafia types. He he hangs out. He hung out with Frank Sinatra back in the day, and uh, he's a he's a real heavy hitter. He's an interesting character. But he's the guy who's making this movie, and it and it's just like a totally fun, over the top sort of fictional version of of Hunter and Joe Biden that I just I couldn't help myself. It's so. It looks so good. I can't wait to see it. Uh, is, who else this, is, in it? is there a trailer for this? There actually is a trailer. If you will play the clip that I sent you, that's the trailer. So I'll tell you what's going down. Do you know who I am? They told me you were VIP. Well connected to the government. What kind of a moron forgets to pick up his laptop at a repair shop? You're a Biden. Act like one. Everything he built, life, I just ruined it all. I want to know everything that's on that laptop that can ruin my erection. My friends, it's time to party! I'm an artist. Tell me how I can help you. Well, I don't deserve help. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've been through worse. I can remember getting paid some money, but I can't remember what for. Well, my dad says we never discuss my businesses, period. Or my cut. What's happening in there? Joe's in on it. Party's over! <sighs> you had everything, Hunter, and you threw it all away. You hope the laptop will take down everybody with you. Get out! China's not our enemy. They're not bad folks, folks. I love my dad, and I just want to make him proud. I am the one who brings in all the deals. I am the one. The boy. (laughs) Straight from the Book of Knowledge. According to the British online newspaper The Independent, the film will center on, quote, allegations made by Trump allies about Hunter's, Hunter Biden's foreign business details. The producer said that the film will depict the alleged, quote, business dealings and lifestyles of Hunter Biden. <laughs> yeah, so, let's see here, yeah. Allegations made by Trump allies. The film will center on allegations made by Trump allies and not... It's not based on the footage, the film, the photographs, and the evidence that we have. 
this is actually what he does. And yes, uh, Sir Spencer does uh, fucking make a good point that it is, it's kind of like, this is like a, a, a big budget boomer meme film. Like this is conservative, conservative guys and gals of a certain age, you know, participating in this sort of parody. It's a little over the top, but then again, it also isn't, sadly. Yeah, but also think of, <clears throat> I mean, throw a dart, pick a movie that's had some sort of bombastic, uh, egotistical depiction of a bombastic, egotistical president, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's the oldest art form in the book, really. Like, what's older than than people making fun of the <laughs> king? You know what I mean? Too bad this time you'll be labeled a domestic terrorist. <laughs> well, uh, that's also something that they've been doing for a long time, too. That also isn't new. Man, I, I saw this uh, this one <clears throat> dude who uh, used to do some theater work for, and he was all, all in a fuss about the... Uh, the recent speech in front of the uh, in Philadelphia. Oh, it was awful. Just a terrible look. And he was like, you know, it's about time. And he started cracking down on these domestic terrorists. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it really worked. There are people <laughs> out there that are going full brown shirt right now. Like, yeah, we need. But that that's the irony is that they I have seen the side by sides, which are great. All the while during the speech, they play the BLM riots. And all of the shit that they that they say that they're against, but that they do whenever they get the chance. I mean, it's it's a complete projection. I cannot believe how violent and awful these people are, and then they go on stage and go, "Look how violent and awful!" You know, it just it never ends. It's mm-hmm. great. And normal people, yeah, let's round people up, let's put them in camps. <laughs> the ride never ends. Maga camps. Well, yep. at least we could put like Sesame Street characters on the walls and stuff. Yeah, yeah, little art projects. Uh, Mar- <laughs> our favorite Marvel superheroes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the only thing we're allowed to to paint in the camps. Oh my goodness, Sir Spencer is sitting here dropping stills of the movie. <laughs> yeah, oh, it looks that's, great. That's brilliant. It's uh. It's whoever's uh, Joe, John, sorry, John James mm-hmm. as President Biden holding and caressing Gina Car- uh, Carano. <laughs> yeah, who plays like a Secret Service agent. Uh, how yeah, are you, baby? How old are you? <laughs> it's funny because he's got like a deep voice, too. Kind of doesn't sound like him, so it's even funnier. It's like even more caricatured. <laughs> And he talks way too clearly, you know, way mm. too uh, coherently. Is this a, is a, a I guess this, I'm sorry, go ahead. A lucid madman. Yeah, a stable genius. Uh, the, the word is, is that this Davi character, I guess, contacted Gina uh, during the drama and said, hey, I've got a role for you, you know. Mm-hmm. Even if Hollywood's going to blackball you, I won't. So, I think that there is a sort of a movement. I mean, film, film is film, and you've got your big budget guys. Um, and the, the trick with film is always how do we make artsy pictures 
that will at least break even that are, you know, aren't so expensive that, you know, when we make this film, even if we like the film that we aren't just going to completely lose our asses on it. And, uh, this is really random, but Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Matt himself, Damon, the Matt, the Damon himself, who, in my opinion, is when we're on James Bond, the topic of James Bond, he's the reason why James Bond is, is the way it is now and isn't corny anymore. Is he, he like the Jason Bourne movies changed shit. But uh, he talks about films and he talks about how, you know, due, due to basically the internet, um, movies don't make as much money as they did, and that, and that movies have become so expensive to make uh, from a studio perspective. And they don't have DVD sales, they don't have tape sales to contend with. The only money that films really make. Um, in big chunks are from either theaters, distribution deals, which then in and of themselves are extremely expensive to do the marketing and to split costs with theater owners and everybody else. And then there's also distribution deals with your Netflixes and your Amazon Primes, and they'll scalp you. Then You don't make anything on that unless you get a, a real special deal, which you won't. <laughs> so... It's it's tough to get pictures like these made, but if it is going to happen, it's going to happen with this kind of group of people. This is the the other Hollywood. This is the conservative or or right leaning, uh, low budget, the new low budget punk deal. But it's not punk because it's there's still a ton of money involved. There's there's millions of of dollars involved in this film for sure, and I'm sure that they got financing from somebody. Uh, and all these names are, are significant. They're they're not nobodies. It is this isn't a student film. Uh, but but the margin is so strange. Punk asses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bunch of punk asses. They are punk asses. Who gave you the right to make movies like this? You're not allowed to make movies. This is our turf. But uh, this, this looks fun. It looks kind of corny. I'm gonna see if it's gonna be in some some art house theater around here. The few that are left. Dude, we could start a whole shadow play trend. A a, shadow play? Yeah, like Rocky Horror, but my son Hunter. <laughs> so so we would go up to the front of the theater and reenact scenes from the movie as the movie <laughs> plays at midnight. Oh, God. They'd have to play at a theater first. And I then mean, what we dress up, we dress up as Hunter and Joe and exactly. Secret Service and yep, yep. Yeah. Throw popcorn. It's, it's, I mean crack cocaine, but yeah. I mean that's the yeah, idea. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You just that's what we gotta do after we hit the, the Crypticon. We gotta go hit a midnight Rocky. Oh yeah. I haven't been to any in the area. It's been a long time since I've been to one. I did one in LA a couple of years ago. It was fun. Nice. Yeah, they they it's it's a weird cool time. Old, it is weird because tradition. It's it's universal and it's not. It's so like the people you go to one and it's obvious that there's a group of people that have been working hard on this for a long time, but you you can walk right in and be a part of it and it's not, you know. It's and, not a big deal. Uh Spencer brings up a great point. M&Ms, everybody could well People with wieners could put M&Ms on their junk. People, 
Put M&M's on their... Yep. Or yep. you can eat M&M's out of people's buttholes. Oh, peanut. If I remember, it was peanut M&M's. Right? For what? For um, measuring devices. He was using peanut M&M's. Hmm. If I remember the photo correctly. <laughs> so, would you sell, like, a hot dog with M&M's on them? You could do that, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and you call it the Biden dog? Biden dog. Or the uh, hunter dog? A Burisma dog. Mmm. All right. We're, we're cooking with gas now. We're writing things down, people. It's all good. Yes, so... Uh, Ooh, how about how about prop laptops so we could leave everywhere in the theater? <laughs> <laughs> Made out of, like, cardboard? Yeah. <laughs> you get little, uh... Just, like, fake laptops you throw around that have... Oh, God, that'd be perfect. And fake crack pipes, or real crack pipes. <laughs> real cocaine. Oh, my goodness. Real hookers? <laughs> real hookers. <laughs> Wow, what a concept. <laughs> you know, you can bring your cousins so she can pimp you out and get you domesticated foreigners. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was good at it. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My alleged leaked texts. Yes. I think this, this Gina... God damn it. Carano? Caruno? Character? She's a she's she's an interesting personality to have a a a, a babe tastic wrestler smart ambitious hungry fucking right wing fired from Star Wars yeah reached the 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 peak of liberal media and said no fuck you mm. like a phoenix she's risen. <laughs> Yes, from the shit ashes, Randy. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Shit Phoenix, Rand. Oh, man. So check it out, My Son Hunter. See if it's playing at a theater near you. And if it isn't, then I'm sure that uh, you or I could get a copy of it and maybe throw it up in the the Behind the Schemes movie night. That might be one to watch. Ooh, yeah. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah. My son Hunter. The the phrase that doesn't pay is the family comes first. <laughs> and there's some strippers <laughs> underneath. <laughs> Mysonhunter.com. Check it out. Oh. <laughs> I got some uh funny uh clips that I'm going to be bringing on Wednesday. I think we were doing an abs in a six pack. I don't know if you're around mm-hmm. or if you want to get in on that, but I got some clips from H three podcast where, uh, Ethan Klein didn't realize that he was, uh, banging Bo's wife after Bo died. Um, uh, uh-huh. he finds out live on the air with Tim Dillon. It's very fascinating. Ooh. Yeah. That's always a fun one to learn about. Yeah. And spoiler alert, they glaze right over it, which is, you know, <laughs> Glaze. It's a it's a it's a decision. It's a life thing, man. Hey, you don't even gotta think about it, dude. You don't even have to think about it, dude. 
You didn't even think, dude. Mm-mm. People like what they like. This is a fucking dream. Like this is a this is a fever dream. There's no way. Yeah, that's right. Fuck, <laughs> Carolyn got me so fired up just now. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Carolyn Blaney, fucking fire me up. Fire me up. Fire me up, dead man. Miss him, miss him, miss him. Fire. 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 One hundred. Hundred. So she likes eating ass too. <laughs> yes, she does. That was too funny. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, Blaine. Oh, Fletcher. Hog They're just story. on fire. They're just on fire. A lot of fire this week. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. There must be maybe the zodiac of choice right now is, is a fire sign. Who knows? Well, we are in Virgo, and that's an earth sign. Yeah. Uh, for the duration of uh, uh yeah yeah we're well into Virgo. Okay, okay, we're in Virgo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Typical. Typical. Should I'm, we blast on a? Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Uh, voicemail. Sure. Oh uh, yeah. Screamail. You got it. It's our last one. No. Hmm. Ooh, dirty. Meta what? I'm not sure you want to hear it again. Let's do that one. Oh, yeah, enhance. Meta scream. Meta scream, maybe? Meta game? Meta crane? Well, Meta came. The transcription simply says no dream. No, period. No dream. dream. That's not a very good transcription. Hmm. That's a that's a downright disappointing transcription, I have to say. Mm-mm. <laughs> failed the test. You, Jeez. You failed the sniff test. Yeah. We should have a little coffee transcript machine. Yeah. Try again later. Yeah. Yeah. Burn in hell! Well, that was it. That was the color. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that was him. <coughs> Meta came. Meta came. Meta. Meta crane. Meta crane. Meta crane this one let's, time. Let's do it one more time. We'll listen to one, one last time. Meta crane. Hmm. Mm. It's, a, it's a good scream, too. I like it. It's mysterious. There's a lot of layers to it. Yes. Every time you listen, you, you learn something new. And uh, you can give us a complex and nuanced scream if you give us a call at 612-263-7999. We'd love to hear you scream for us. <laughs> BTS? Oh my god! I love them! <laughs> and we love you. One time, I was listening to the music. Guess what happened? What happened? I what got happened? ear cancer. You got the ear cancer. <laughs> cancer of the ear. BTS? I love them. <laughs> you lie. Met the Crane. Final answer. One time. For the one Met ones. The Met the Crane. Met a game. Are you, that is your final answer. Final answer. 
survey says. Sure. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Got Ding. him. Got him. <laughs> very cool. Very legal. That was the last one that we had there. Oh, boy. Well, like I said, you give us a call. 612-263-7999. We'll have it for you next time. Hot and piping. Uh, you got it. Um, I don't think there's anything else that we got to touch on. Well, then uh, let's uh, let's seal up the shop. Let's close up shop here. Get this gate down. Make sure that the lights are off. We'll turn off the AC. Get this uh, mop going here. Open you a window. Blood everywhere. Open a window, man. That bleach is going to get a little noxious in the, in the tight space. Yeah, we're getting high. Getting yeah, bleach high. Getting fumes, getting chlorinated. Well, that's what happens when you've got literally dozens of dead do- uh, goats lying around. Just piles on piles. Not that we're complaining, we love them, but, you know. It really ties the room together. Yeah. It's the best, maybe the greatest of all time. <laughs> Simply the biggest. The biggest of all time, the boat. Oh my goodness. Ooh, Servo wanted a goat for the road. Well, you got it, sir. Well, you got it, man. Uh, we do this show every Monday night at 7 30 Pacific, 9 30 Central, 10 30 Eastern. You can find us over at badradio.live or behind the schemes, sch3m3s.com. That's right. You've been hanging out with us. Uh, my name is Sir Lavish. This is Sir Booberry. And you've been listening to Behind the Schemes. That's right. We're a value for value production. Come on by. Just your time. Maybe just say hi. You're a producer. That's all it takes. And get rid of the Spotify. Get rid of that Spotify account. Get rid of the get Apple Podcasts. Get, get rid of the Amazons and your and your whatevers. They don't. They don't want to help you. They'll never treat you the ways that you deserve to be treated. DudePodcastApps.com. We'll treat you real good. Real good. So good. I'm gonna go treat myself. Appear pretty good, I think. I'll be Booberry, Black Man of the Mothman, Black Knight of the Mothman. <laughs> Oh, and the only one here who isn't getting canceled. My name is Lavish. Fire. <laughs> fire. They're just on fire. 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 100. Fire. 100. Can't sleep. Clown will eat me. Well, fuck that. We're going to double down on this shit. Okay, what the fuck are we doing on this show? Do you have an, uh, a blade? God help us. Okay, I can hear you now. It's right here. I got a blade right here. It's a good one. Ooh. That's a very G.G. Allen thing to do, is to, like, jack off people before they walk through the doors. This is all family-friendly. This is Behind the Schemes. The Esoterica 
of your dreams. 